You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character, while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Hello everyone, and welcome to Twitch Tales. Episode. Not an episode. This is a Halloween special. Not a Halloween special. This is a holiday special. Welcome in. It's very exciting. I'm very excited to uh, to be doing this special episode today because it's a little bit different. This is not... D&D. You may be used to uh, Twitch Tales being, inherently, Dungeons and Dragons, but today, although we are still doing a uh, an interactive TTRPG situation where I'm the Game Master and you're the players, we are going to be playing through a Grant Howitt one-shot. This is a holiday special for... Uh, for Christmas, Yule, New um, New Year's, uh, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever it is that you celebrate around this time. And so, uh, to do something a little bit different, I have I've gotten a Grant Howitt one-shot RPG called The Beast, and we're going to be playing through that instead. So the first thing we need to do is create a monster hunter, a monster hunter character. The first thing we need to do for that is pick six of these skills over on this side of me. <laughs> pick six skills. So you're going to be creating a monster hunter character. Normally, for Grant Howitt's The Beast one-shot, uh, you would pick four of these skills, but that's because you're meant to be in a party of four people or so. Uh, but you're going to be a party of one person, as is the norm for Twitch Tales. So you're going to be picking six of them. I decided to buff you up a little bit, make it easier. So start deciding which of those skills you would like to uh, to have. Which one would you be, be would you be better at than other skills? Deceive for the love of all, <laughs> be able to lie for once. <laughs> Deceive, healing, tracking, charming, tracking. Oh, that's two for tracking. Threaten, investigate, heal, tracking, investigate. Investigate, tracking. Okay, tracking and investigating. Those are, those are definitely two that are coming up. So we're going to take tracking and investigating. Crafting, crafting, heal. Heal's come up a few times. So investigate, track, heal. Mm, interesting, interesting, interesting. Tell you what we'll do. We will put it to a poll. I have a polling app. And we'll see what we want. I like polls. Do you guys like polls? Nobody's ever told me that you like polls. Surely, surely you like polls. Alright, most people have said investigate and uh, and track, so I'm just going to take those two as given, and then we're choosing just the other, the next four of them. 
you gonna log in or what? What's happening? Alright, create a poll. Which other skills should we take? Option one, charm. Option two, craft. Option three, deceive. Option four, endure. Option five, heal. Option six, uh, I'm gonna skip investigate because we've given that one already. Shoot. Option seven, strike. Option eight, threaten. And option nine, watch. We have taken investigate and track as standard. Vote for all the ones that you're interested in and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. While you're voting, I'll tell you a little bit about the setting. We're going to be in the same world, my homebrew world, the world that I do use for D&D. We're going to be on an island called Corinthel, which you may recognize as Apis's home island. We're going to be in a section of the forest that is attached to the same area of the forest where Apis was um, held up captive by Lucifreak. And we're going to be set around an, a wood elven village a town called Pisclanta. You may have heard of Pisclanta because some of the captives of Lucifric's village uh, decided to go back to their home of Pisclanta after they were released from Lucifric's ordeal. So Pisclanta is relatively close by, it's like half a day's walk away or whatever, uh, on the west coast of Corintio. So we're going to be in the forest around the wood elf village of Pisclanta and you are uh, and you are creating some kind of a monster hunter to hunt some kind of a monster what you are hunting i'm not going to spoil of course but i couldn't even if i wanted to because the thing about the beast this one page rpg is that i don't yet know what it is i'm going to create it after we've created this character after we've created the character we're going to also create the monster and we're going to find out what it is that you are hunting a one-page RPG, yes. So if anybody doesn't know the name Grant Howitt, Grant Howitt is a very, very prolific writer of RPGs. He has written dozens, if not hundreds, of RPGs, role-playing games for the uninitiated. Grant Howitt writes one-page RPGs, literally as they sound, an RPG that is entirely monster creation, uh, rules, character creation, setting, everything about that RPG fits onto a single A4 piece of paper, and they are designed to be to be picked up, played, and uh, and, and moved on. They're not designed to be like epic seven-year-long campaigns like D&D is. Although that would be interesting to see if that was a, if, that, if if anybody ever did turn Honey Heist into a seven-year-long campaign. Some of the ones you may have heard of are Honey Heist, that was one of his more famous ones, especially since the Critical Role people did it and um, and uh, achieved a lot of fame with that, uh, where you are playing bears in hats trying to steal honey. Uh, there's Crash Pandas, where you are playing raccoons in a boy racer street race situation. 
you've you've got uh, goat crushers, which is where you're playing goats that crush a party. Um, you've got sexy battle wizards, where you're playing sexy battle wizards. There's kaiju girls, where you're playing schoolgirls that can turn into kaiju. Uh, there's this one that we're playing today, which is the beast. There's a million others as well. He's a he's a very prolific writer, and they are uh, often quite a lot of fun. All right. You've had a great deal of time for the uh, the poll now. I think you might have uh, you might have uh, voted as as you are going to vote. So we are going with investigate, track, heal, shoot, strike, and craft. Those are our skills. The skills that our character has. The next thing to decide for this character is our background. Here are the backgrounds to choose from. I haven't written them out, so uh, so just listen up and see if you uh, see if we can pick one from consensus in the chat. Otherwise, I will add them to a poll as well if we don't seem to get uh, a consensus. Here are your backgrounds to choose from: apprentice blacksmith, creepy alienist, so someone like a occultist, I guess, dead-eyed marksman, desperate hunter. Dishonorably discharged officer, fierce midwife, fresh-faced priest, gregarious thug, last survivor of the attack, mistrusted witch, and washed-up village physician. So do those of those 11, which one sort of jumped out at you, if any? Marksman, witch, physician, Can we get a poll. I think I'll, so. What I'm doing is try, I'm trying to find the five that are coming up the most often, and then I'll put them into a, a Twitch poll because that'll be nice and easy and quick for us. An alienist is a 19th century forensic psychologist, like a mind hunter or an FBI profiler. Is that right? Cool. Didn't know what one was. So a, a forensic psychologist, an alienist, someone who uh, can get into the mind of the thing that they're going for. That's good to know. Thank you, Maddie. Hunter, witch, witch hunter, marksman. So Witch, Hunter, Marksman, those ones are all definitely coming up a lot. So do I just put it to those three? Were there any others that were coming up a lot? Witch, Marksman, and Hunter. Uh, sorry. Witch, Marksman, Hunter, and Midwife. All right, we'll put it to those. We'll put it to those. Now, with all one-page one RPGs, it's a little bit loosey-goosey on the rules. You don't need to worry too much about, um, about min-maxing or optimizing it's it's designed for fun, designed to be played without too much worry about the rules. All this means is if you get a uh, if you are doing a challenge, if you're doing something that requires um, a well something that for which the outcome is uncertain, you need to roll for it just like you do in D and D. But you would roll a D10 if you have a if you have the relevant skill. If you're doing an investigate, heal, craft, shoot, strike, or tap. Uh, track, then you'd roll another d10 and add them together. Um, and if you have a the, the respective background, you'd add another d10 onto it as well. So you get three d10. And then I decide on how difficult the thing is to achieve, the thing that you are trying to do. If it's an easy task, then I roll a d10 and you have to beat my number. If it's a challenging task, I roll two d10 and add them together and you have to beat my number. And if it's a very difficult task, I roll three d10 and add them together and you have to beat that number. So it is theoretically possible for me to roll 3d10, get a 1 on each of them, and the DC for a very difficult task is 3. 
it's unlikely, but it's possible. And then you can beat it with a single roll of a single dice. So you can still succeed at a very difficult task with uh, an unskilled thing that's nothing to do with your background. So it is still possible, just slightly less likely. The only difference to that challenge rating is that when you're fighting the beast, when you're fighting the big monster at the very end of the, the game, as it were, instead of d10s, I'm rolling d20s. So if it's an easy task against the beast, I roll 1d20 to set the, the, the DC. And if it's a very difficult task against the, the beast at the very end, like you're trying to just decapitate it with a single strike and not do anything else, then I'm rolling 3d20 and adding them together. And that's the DC you've got to beat with your, with your roll. All right, ooh, we've not got a consensus, but uh, Hunter and other are getting no votes. So it's gonna be midwife, witch or marksman. Midwife did, it's pretty much three, uh, threes of each here. So I will say uh, witch and marksman. So if I if I dropped off everybody else, that would be 7% onto there. Marksman would not have gotten it. So uh, preferential voting, it's gonna come down to midwife or witch. I'm gonna redo the poll. Preferential voting, midwife or witch. To remind you what they were, it was a fierce midwife or a mistrusted witch. And don't worry, if you don't get the uh, the one that you voted for, you may find out that there is a little extra trick up my sleeve. <laughs> Rob's plotting again. All right, with 55% of the vote, we are going with the Mistrusted Witch. The next part of the character creation is to pick one more of those backgrounds, and that becomes an NPC in the town. Somebody that we trust and get on with and can, you know, have some sort of interactions with when we go back into the town. So I'm going to use the second option, which was the midwife, and we're going to have an NPC fierce midwife. So uh, we are going to be a mistrusted witch. And then we have a fierce midwife. Fierce, fierce midwife NPC. Friend. First name mistrusted, last name witch. <laughs> All right. So we have uh, we are a a a, a mistrusted witch. Um, the town doesn't like us particularly because we're mistrusted. I guess uh, makes sense. And then uh, there is somebody in town that is a fierce midwife. We've picked our background of our friend. We need to describe the relationship that we have with them. Tell me what is, and I said friends, technically it doesn't say friend in the rules, it just says this person is an NPC ally, describe the, your relationship with them. So it could be a, could be like a, a scorned lover, um, but they are an ally, so they're on your side for the monster hunting, but they are not necessarily a friend. What do we think? Romantic? Mistrusted? We make bad fruitcake? Sister? Secret lover? Sibling? Former client, failed pregnancy. I think we'll. I think we might steer away from that. Thanks, Kelsa. <laughs> Sibling, romantic, sister, sister, gals being pals. All right, uh, we'll go with a poll here because there's a few people saying a lot of different options. Relationship, sisters. Uh, we haven't actually technically decided our um, our gender, have we? But I suppose which usually implies. Um, female. Uh, so we'll go siblings. Again, midwife also implies 
uh, woman usually, but it's not actually the case. Uh, so I'll just put siblings, uh, lovers, um, pals, other rel other relative, not siblings, but like mother daughter or something, um, or I don't know other. All right, what's the relationship going to be? Um, and while we go, uh, while we decide on that, I will, uh, should I bring up the, maybe we should put this to a poll as well. Yeah, I suppose we'll put this to a poll as well. I was going to, uh, I was going to roll randomly for the, um, for the, the, the gender of this character, but we should ask you guys, you're the one create, you're the one playing them. Tell you what I will do while I'm waiting, I shall start on the beast creation. The first table I need to roll for the beast creation is a d10 from the supernatural weaknesses. From the beast, I roll and see what weaknesses this beast has, and it also, the weakness tells me a little bit about them. And I've got one weakness, I roll twice. Roll twice on the same table. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Huh. Okay, what's that going to mean for it? And then I've got the supernatural weaknesses now, and then I've got mundane weakness. Another d10. Ooh. Okay. And I'm calling it beast, but don't think of it as D&D um, uh, &D terminology. It's not necessarily an animal. Think of it more like Beauty and the Beast, as in like monster. Um, so, 66% siblings. We've got 66%. Two thirds of you want uh, you, you and the midwife to be siblings, so that's what we'll go with. Um, now let's decide on your gender. Let's just make this a one minute poll, nice and quick, to decide what, what gender is this witch. Your character. Are you male? Are you female? Are you non-binary? Are you gender fluid? Gender fluid? Or are you random? Should we randomize it? I do have a randomized NPC creator table, so if you if you're not sure, we can just randomize it. In the meantime, let's keep creating this beast. We've got two supernatural weaknesses. We've got one mundane weakness. Now I need to roll a d6 to decide what does it want. What does this monster want? <laughs> that goes really well with that other weakness. How fortuitous. Alright, and then we have what what else, what else, what else? What's next on the agenda of creation? The agenda of creation. It's lair. What lair does it have? Where does it live? Mm, okay, okay, okay. D6 for that one. And then a D6 for what minions? What minions does this beast have, this monster? Ooh, okay, that's fascinating. Interesting, all right. With 60% of the vote, we decided we are going to be a female. All righty. I'm going to roll a d4 on that same chart that I just had before to randomize the midwife as well. Also female. Uh, so the midwife and the witch are both female. They are, they are, you guys are sisters. Uh, we need a name for you, and then I think our character creation is done. Oh wait, no, we need um, we need equipment as well after that. We need a name of sorts. 
<laughs> triplets. Why? Wait, what? Twin triplet request? Are people saying identical twins? Oh, okay, cool. Let's go with that. Trip. Who's the Who's the third one? If we're triplets, a mysterious third triplet. Okay. I mean, I'm 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 down with that. If you want an unknown third, nice. All right, let's do it. I like it. You guys are uh, fierce midwife NPC triplet. Unknown third triplet two. Mistrusted witch. All right, what's our name? Agatha. <laughs> bunch of bunch of people suggesting Agatha now. Agatha, Lily, Sandra, Theodora. I I'm going to go with Agatha because that's what we uh, that's what we uh, that's what we started with. All right, Agatha. Um, and uh, and then I'll use the other names that are coming in. Uh, Lily, Lily can be our our, uh, our midwife uh, sister. Lily, a fierce midwife, and who was next? Sandra. So well, I suppose you can't name the un unknown third, can you? It's the unknown by definition. All right. <clears throat> Last thing to decide then is equipment that we start with. In this game, equipment, all gear, is uh, rated 1 to 5. If it's a rating of 1, it's very poor quality stuff. It's like falling apart, it's garbage. If it's a 5, then it's very good artisan quality stuff. If you are ever rolling an, a, a, a challenge, like you're attacking and you have a sword and you're attacking with the sword, then you would roll a strike. So you'd roll uh, your d10 because you're proficient, because you're uh, trained in it. You'd have another d10, and then you'd add the quality of the thing you're attacking with. If it's a if it's a rated three sword, then you would roll two d10 plus three, and that's your that's your attack that's your um, attack essentially. So we have we start with two pieces of equipment, and it begins at a rating of two. And then as you go, you can upgrade it, you can find new gear, you can whatever. So you start with two pieces of equipment at, ra at rating two. What are the two pieces of equipment that we start with? can be anything, within reason. This is in the Apis, uh, Apis Hive Twitch Tales world, so not nuclear warheads. Crossbow, a staff, a staff, a wand, deck of many things. Crossbow, boom, broomstick. It could be a broomstick, and then you can fly on it. Yeah, that could be cool. <laughs> Bag of holding. <laughs> Cloak of billowing. Something we can strike with, and something we can shoot with. So crossbow, crossbow, crossbow. Crossbow makes sense because you've got a uh, you've got a shoot ability. So I'm going to put that you have a crossbow and and bolts and everything. Um, and then something to to strike with, perhaps a staff. You can always pick up something to strike with. You can beat people with a broomstick. All right, yeah. Uh, we will go with a. We'll go with a. Um, yeah, we'll go with a midwife witch with a broomstick. It is a level two broomstick, so uh, it's it's going to be. It's not exactly falling apart, but it's really. It's it's seen a lot of use. So, that's where we're beginning the story. I have to think about what this beast looks like. Given its weaknesses and where it lives. How this works, this game. 
is that through a series of scenes, you need to try and find out the weaknesses of the beast. You can obviously just go and attack the beast immediately if you can find it and you can go to it. You can ask around, you know, learn where it is and go and kill it. But as I mentioned, I'll be rolling d20s for this beast whenever it's doing anything. And that will set the DC that you need to, uh, to beat. If you uh, ever frame a scene in which you're trying to learn the beast's weaknesses, we play it through until a critical point and then we roll to see whether you succeed or not. If you succeed in that scene, you learn one of the beast's weaknesses. And if you fail, the beast learns one of your weaknesses. And if you don't have a weakness, the beast, uh, I will make up a weakness for you. And the beast can use it against you in the fight as well. So you need to uh, you need to try and find out some of the beast's weaknesses through investigation and whatnot. If ever anybody, me or you, takes advantage of a weakness, if you learn that the beast is um, Rumpelstiltskin and you use his name, then I would downgrade my dice from a d20 to a d12. And if you use two of the weaknesses in the same scene, you call him Rumpelstiltskin and you dance on one foot, which you discovered was one of his weaknesses, then I would downgrade it from a d12 to a d10. And if you're also eating an orange and the beast is allergic to oranges, I would downgrade it from a d10 to a d8. And this is the dice that is setting the DC. So you want to use those weaknesses as much as you can so that you de you decrease the DC of the uh, the difficulty when you're fighting the beast. Likewise, though, I can do the same to you. I can, uh, I can use some of your weaknesses to downgrade your d10 to a d8 to a d6, blah, blah, blah. So let me set the scene. Oh, and here's the sorry. Here's the uh, the 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 dangers, the, the the outcomes of failing. By the way, whenever you are injured or stressed, if you are particularly stressed or injured in a scene, basically if you fail a thing um, that you're that would make lead you to being injured or stressed, then you roll the endure check. You did not choose endure as one of your uh, skills, so it would just be a straight d10 for you. You roll endure versus a number of d10 equal to however many injuries and stresses you have accumulated to that point yet. So if you want, if this is your first indoor, if this is your first injury or stress, then you're fine to just keep going, but you get one, one injury. The next injury or stress that you get in that same scene before you have a chance to rest, uh, I would roll a d10 to set the, 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 the DC and you would roll against it with indoor. If you succeed, you keep pressing on. If you fail, you're out of action for that scene. If you're not rescued by the end of that scene, then you're at the mercy of the beast. That's what it says in the rules. <laughs> For a witch to stay away from water and flying brick houses. Yes, exactly. Those are your weaknesses. Adverts right as he gives instructions. <laughs> well, you're going to have to wing it then, ice cream. <laughs> We can fix it all with a long rest. That is correct, Richard. Yes, you fix it all with a long rest in this game. Once you've got time to just go off and like rest for a bit, you can reset all of your injuries and stresses. And your goal is to kill the beast. Yep, yeah, your goal is to kill the beast. Kill the beast! So, let me set the scene. It is a cold winter's day. It is early in the month of Sintabrun. Sintabrun is the last month of the year, and it is one of only two half-months. 
Colabrin and Sintabrin, respectively the uh, celebrations of the gods of disease, death, pestilence, and decay, and the god of light, uh, lightness, levity, recreation, fun, downtime, pleasure, that sort of stuff. Colabrun is a two-week month to acknowledge that god of decay and disease and, uh, and, and pestilence so that he is appeased for the coming year. He doesn't take out his wrath at being ignored on your livestock and your crops. So people tend to slaughter the fattest of their cows and leave it in the field to rot in honour of uh, Colabrum. People will chop down uh, trees uh, and and not use the not use and utilize the wood. For that two-week period, people will be uh, actively encouraging decay, disease, pestilence. People don't people choose not to wash for those two weeks. Things like that. It is not a pleasant two weeks, but people get through it knowing that two weeks a year is much better than the entire year if you piss off this particular god. It also helps to get through it because as you finish Colabrun, you go into Sintabrun, a time of levity and joy, and it is basically a two-week holiday. People, people very much enjoy Sintabrun because it's gift-giving and spending time with family. It is the holiday season. And so right now it is early Sintabrun, and you are in the woods around the small wooden, wood elven town of Pisglanta. Pisglanta is a population of somewhere around 50 to 100 people, all wood elves. Your sister, your twin sister Lily, lives there. She works there as a midwife. She has a fierce uh, attitude about her. And you live on the outskirts of Pisglanta, in your little... Um, which cottage? What sort of uh, what sort of house do you live in? What sort of building? Do you live in a, a bit of a tower? Do you live in an underground uh, hovel? Do you live in a shack? Oh, a a log cabin? Are you a wood elf? Uh, you are a wood elf. Yes, you are a you are a wood elf witch. Gingerbread. <laughs> cottage on a hill. A little shack cottage on a hill. Can it be on chicken legs? Starts underground, but it has a tower as well. Just a bit of everything. A home doesn't that does not leak when it rains. <laughs> we have an indoor weakness, so we live in an open cave. <laughs> you guys can never, never agree on anything. It's well maintained because we have craft. You do have craft, yeah. You you crafted. That's a good point, Richard. Yes, you have crafted yourself a nice house, tree house perhaps. Well disguised since people distrust us. We are a distrusted witch, yeah. Wouldn't want random villagers coming to attack us. So a little bit of a disguised house, so it's it's um it's it's off the beaten track and you need to know where it is to find it. Uh we'll say it's like a little little cozy cottage. There's a there's an extension to the house that is in the tree house. Uh maybe you've got like an extra room, an astronomy tower or something that is up in the up in a tree that is attached to the side of the house. So the tree is like your your little um cottage is attached to the side of a tree uh, on ground level on the on on top of a hill uh but then up that tree if you go out so outside and round up the ladder there's a bit of an, an extension to your house that's in that tree house there and it's slightly larger on the inside all right so that's where we're at that's the setting 
and you are going about your business, brushing your floors, sweeping your floors with your broomstick, when suddenly there's a scream from nearby in the town. You're close enough to the town to be able to hear when uh, when noises like this happen, especially loud screams. And you sigh heavily hearing the scream, knowing that it's the third time in as many nights that uh, that somebody has woken up to find blood. What do you do? Is there someone in town due to give birth soon? Yes, yes, let's say there is. <laughs> Investigate. Okay, so we are going to investigate. This is going into a scene where you have the investigate skill. We're going to use that at the end of this scene. So what you do is you grab your broomstick, you grab your crossbow, you head to the door, and you uh, set off out the front door. You pop the broomstick between your legs and whoosh, say the magic word, and it takes off, and you start to fly out of your little disguised um, uh, bush ring around your house, up and over the bushes and down along the path to towards the town. It doesn't take you very long before you find a wood elven man. Uh, you know him as one of the bakers of town. And as you hold your hat while you're flying, um, you, uh, you, you, you head down to him and you can see that he is in shock and, uh, and he screamed because he saw this blood trail out into the forest. Uh, and it's a lot of blood. It seems like a, a, a large animal was killed here or maybe a person, perhaps, uh, but you'd imagine from the amount of blood that it would probably be an animal. You you land down and he looks up and <gasps> and he seems scared to see you. No, 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 witch, witch, witch! And he turns and sets off running and he runs off into the town. He leaves you alone at the scene and you can see a whole bunch of blood. What do you want to do? Use the track skill to follow the blood trail. All right, so we'll go with a track skill. So at the end of this scene, I'm going to roll investigate uh, overall to see if you learn one of the, the beast's weaknesses or if the beast learns one of yours. But while we're playing the scene out, we can use individual skills to see um, how that goes. <sighs> you sigh, you look down at the track, uh, and you start to use your track skill to, um, to follow the track of this blood. I'm going to roll... Uh, a D, I'll roll you the DC first. So this is going to be a relatively easy task. It's going to be a single D20. And it is an 8. So the DC is 8. You need to be, uh, meet or beat. Compared to the GM's skill, yeah. If you are more than the GM, it all, everything goes well. If the GM is more than you, it all goes badly. If you are equal to uh, the GM, then it's kind of like a middling success. So you need to beat uh, an 8 for this to, to go well. Thankfully, you have the tracking skill. So you have a, D, a D10 for attempting a thing. You have another D10 for it to be a thing that you're uh, proficient with. Um, and I'm going to be nice and say that you, uh, you're, you're flying on your broomstick, able to get more of a bird's eye view, and it makes it easier to track the blood uh, on the ground. So I'm going to add two from your broomstick's ability, uh, from your broomstick's quality to this as well. All right, that is, an, <laughs> that is an eight on one of the dice, a seven on the other, and then plus two, you've got a 17. 17 beats eight, so you uh, all goes well for you in this moment. You uh, you hover up with the uh, quality of the broomstick. It's not great, so you've um, you've uh, uh, as as somebody said there, you've got um, only about five feet off the ground. Maddie says, yeah, you've only got about five feet off the ground. You've you've got a bit of a hovering broomstick. It's not a, the greatest flying thing. But the uh, 
the blood trail leads off into the woods and it looks like uh, with a 17 on the DC there you you managed to uh, ascertain that it looks like a big beast has been killed here in this spot and then dragged away while it was still kicking and, and dying uh, by something large. And it looks to be an animal blood rather than uh, anything else. Does it look like, somebody said, does it look like the blood of the last couple of days? Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, the last couple of uh, last couple of days, it seems like it's um, it's attacked in a similar fashion, killed a large animal, and then dragged it away into the forest. Why was that man here? Um, so he was probably out for a walk. Uh, wood elves uh, tend to be um, interested in the the lay of the land and and uh, the, the druidic kind of uh, or ranger like attachment to nature and the land and. He was possibly just out for a walk in the nearby forest around the, the, the town. You could, if you wanted to, go and investigate further and ask the man why he was here. Did anyone from town go missing or have missing pets or animals? Uh, no, nobody from town has gone missing uh, as of yet that you know of. You can hear, now that he's run off into town, you can now hear the commotion as he is telling the other people, it's happened again, it's happened again, there's more, there's an animal around. And you can start to hear people coming your direction. You also hear on the wind, Alright, keep following the trail, you can see that it tracks into the, um, into the bush somewhat, uh, and eventually, unfortunately, it gets uh, to the point where the blood has seeped out of this animal uh, enough that the blood is not there anymore. With a decent track skill, you can follow it a little further as the animal is being dragged through, the carcass of the animal is being dragged through bush and <coughs> breaking twigs and branches and, and bushes being pushed out of the way. But eventually it does just disappear into the uh, forest. It seems to be heading towards um, a slightly mountainous area but other than that you can't really follow it much further than that can we tell the species of the animal that the blood came from hmm, can you indeed what are the skills um i'm not sure there's a relevant skill here so i'll just say you can't just a large animal there was enough blood that it would have been from a large animal, something around the size of a, um, a, a cow or so. Bigger than a boar. Craft a large trap or caltrops. You could try and do that, yeah. Go to the town. As, you, uh, as you're as you thinking about going to the uh, the town, you hear that the, this sort of mob of people have been put together and they've started to make their way out to you. Um, you can hear the guy, the baker, uh, pointing out, it was just here, the, blood, the blood's just uh, here, and then the witch came flying in from over there, and you... You sort of sigh and you roll your eyes. You turn, you turn on your broomstick and start heading back to the the, the group. And they say, um, uh, they say, there she is, there she is. What have you done with the What have you done with the animals? What have you, What have you been killing? What is out here? And you have to try and explain. It's not. It wasn't me. I didn't. I didn't kill the thing. Uh, I'm gonna have you roll a charm check just to see how charming you're being. You do not have the charm skill, so it's just a d10. Uh, also, I'm going to roll uh, just a single d10. Obviously, you haven't done anything. You haven't been caught red-handed with blood on your hands or anything. So it's a relatively easy, um, relatively easy check. It's just a single d10. Two. Two is the DC. You have a charm skill. You have to meet. Uh, you have to beat two if you're going to get through this. 
Uh, your broomstick and your crossbow won't help you charming, but thankfully you don't need to. You got a five. So five, you managed to charm through conversation here. You managed to charm the uh, the, the crowd to not be a murderous uh, rampage. They they mistrust you, but they're not like actively hunting you. I'm one of you. I've lived here among you. I'm going to try and find this monster. Who's going to help me? Uh, and Lily speaks up and says, um, "Why are you always in the in the wrong place at the wrong time, Agatha? It's it's very difficult to it's very difficult to have to 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 have to uh, have all of these accusations um, thrown at you. And I'm the one who has to deal with them because I'm the one who actually lives in, lives in town. You you're." You, I, can't, I, I heard the scream. I came to investigate. What do you want from me? <sighs> All right. Just, if, look, everybody, she'll, she's good at what she does. She'll find the monster, um, and is it even, is it even worth going for? What if somebody dies? Well, I mean, what if somebody, like, that, once it runs out of animals, if it's killing things every night, what if it, what if it takes one of us? I think we do, do, do need to find this monster before it's too late. Agatha, do you think you can... <laughs> Do you think you can find it? I, I guess so. You say, and you um, and you start to ask around. What do people know about this thing? All right. This is the end of this particular scene, and we're going to roll you an investigate to see if you learn one of the beast's weaknesses, or if it learned one of yours by um, by this uh, by this particular scene. For this one, it is going to be. Let me see the DC's setting here. Easy, challenging, or hard. This one is easy. So the DC is three, thankfully for you. All right. So this is an investigate check, and you have two D10. So with two D10, you need to beat three. I think you should be okay, but <laughs> it is possible to still fail this with two ones. Uh, we got a seven and a ten, though, so we are fine. With your investigate, you succeed at the uh, at the investigate of learning this beast's weakness. The mundane weakness of this beast was that it is ravenous. It is ravenous. It it requires a lot of food to survive. That is one of its weaknesses. You can try to exploit that in whatever means you need, but you can start to uh, you can start to um, keep a track of this beast's weaknesses. You can continue to investigate now and try and find the next weakness. As you, um, uh, it's getting into the day. Um, it's probably uh, late, late in the morning at this point. What do you want to do? The the uh, the townsfolk have you've managed to charm your way out of being um, the suspect of this thing. They they're also charmed your way into saying, "Look, I'll take care of this monster for you." They've gone back into town to you know make the most of their day uh you have a general direction and a and a um a blood trail but you've also got um you've also got ideas for um uh, well you've got your own ideas as to what you might want to do at this point craft a trap make bait yeah whatever you want does this only happen at night well let's see the three times that it has happened so far the blood has has been um has been discovered around about late morning into the uh, into the afternoon so right now it's been uh, mid to late morning when this guy walked around and found it so it could be that the blood was here overnight or it could have been it could have happened first thing in the morning first light full moon no uh actually 
Actually, it is. Yes, it is a full moon. Um, because the start of Sinterbrunn starts on a full moon. So it's probably like two days after full moon at this point. If we know it's ravenous, we could totally trap it away from the town. You could. You could You could set up a, uh, a beast trap and uh, try and trap it there. You could also, uh, like, keep in mind, though, that if you try to do a trap right now, then that's you going into a fight with the beast, potentially. Not you investigating to see if you can learn more about the beast. So you can immediately go f go into trap mode and try and bait and trap and use uh, the ravenous weakness to your ability to your to your um, to your benefit. But by doing so, you are um, you are going into f uh, combat with the beast. You might want to do investigatory things first to see if you can learn more about its weaknesses first. Dragged away a big animal while it's fighting. It is strong. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Suggest we use bait that's bigger and tastier than us. <laughs> is there a place to get more gear? There is indeed, yes. So you can go into town and you can try and find some better gear. What sort of gear are you after? And what do you have to offer them in response in return? You have some witch abilities. I could I could roll you some witch abilities to see if you can like make a potion for someone so that you can give them that in res in response. Craft a an ability, craft a potion of sorts. A short sword, something to help up in the mountains. Big question is, my end, why is it bringing its food here to kill it and then dragging it somewhere else? It's not killing stuff from the town, so why is it happening here? It was it was in the forest, so there's a very good chance that it killed some big animal that was that happened to be here in the forest. You got nets and ropes and things. There's the, so there is a hunting shop in town that could that could ha uh, give you some nets and some ropes and uh, and things of that nature. Um, and there's also a single blacksmith in town who could make you a weapon of sorts if you wanted. You could offer them the fact we're going to solve the beast problem before it begins to be a problem for them. Yep. So that would be a charm roll. So you're trying to charm them into into just giving you stuff for free, or in return for dealing with the problem for them. Knowing our witch abilities would be useful for knowing whether we can summon a cow, real or illusionary, to distract the beast. You you could potentially do that. Uh, let's see what we got. Magic stuff. Uh, that would probably be a deceive check, and you would have your background applied to it as well. So if you wanted to summon a cow, an imaginary cow, I would make it a d10 plus a d10 for deceive. Uh, you don't have deceive, so you don't get that. Um, and plus a d10 for uh, being a witch. So you'd roll 2d10 for the cow for your witch-based deceive check. Rope isn't hard to make. We don't have a lot at home. Uh, you've probably got some rope at home, yet. Yeah. Let's roll your craft check. See if you've uh, crafted a decent rope before. Uh, so this is going to be a d10 for craft. It's going to be a d10 because you also just attempting a thing. Um, I'm going to roll... I'm going to roll... Oh, here we go then. I will put it to you. How good do you want this rope to be? Because if you want it to be a level 1 or a level 2 rope, then I will roll a, ding, a single d10 for the DC. If you want it to be a level 2, 3, or 4, I'll roll 2d10. And if you want it to be a 4 or a 5, I'll roll 3d10. And then, depending on how well you beat that, if I roll 2d10, and then you beat it by a lot, then I will make it a level 4. You're going to be rolling 2d10 to beat it. So how many dice do you want me to roll 
to set the DC and that will help determine what the quality is going to be of this rope that you have at home. Two D ten, three D ten, two D ten, two D ten, three D ten, three D ten. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's 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 you know. Let's let's go for it. Three D ten. So the DC is go. Oh. oh no, that's not bad. Two of them were twos and one of them was a ten. So the DC is fourteen. Fourteen for a, for for the DC of having a decent quality rope at home. You have to be to 14 with 2d10, which is very very possible. You have a d10 for, tri for a trying a thing and a d10 for having the craft skill. Have you crafted a rope? You got a 9 and a 2. 9 and a 2. Unfortunately, is 11. 11 is not a, uh, a 14. So you have rope, but it is a level 1 rope. So you go home. You take your level 1 rope basically falling apart if you want to try and uh, have better rope from town if you want to get better rope from town you can do so um but i will roll a charms charm skill to see if you can get some better rope do you have any meat stuffs in our pantry that we can pack uh sure you grab some meat stuffs from your pantry i'm gonna just say that you have some meat stuffs um let's mm, what's you got uh meat stuffs uh, I got a ten. I got a ten on the uh, on the single check to see what meat stuffs you've got. So you've got uh, level four meat, some re relatively fresh meat, and it's decent food. Um, it's 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 um, it's not a, a tremendous amount of it, but it's a, it's good quality um, sh uh, leg of lamb or something. Go to your sister and see what uh, see if she can help you get some gear. What sort of what sort of gear do you reckon a a midwife, a fierce midwife, would have? that she could lend to you or help you with. Rob, can we set bait just to observe and not to attack? Yes, you can. Yeah, you could set some bait and learn something about the animal if you want. Is that what you want to do? You want to learn about the the bait, the, the animal? Just like not set it in a trap. Just set bait and then watch and observe. Sedatives? Ooh, that could be good. Just a big old leg of lamb. A whole leg. That's a lot of meat, but it's enough to distract the beast, potentially. Numbing potions and medicines from Lily. Okay, sure. Yeah, all right. I will use uh, a, a I'll use a charm check to see if you can kind of smooth talk your way into getting some sedatives from your uh, midwife sister. That's going to be a d10 for attempting a thing, a d10 for uh, for charm, which you don't have because you don't have your skill, so that goes away, uh, and then a d10 for um, for your uh, NPC sister. So you have two d10 on this roll. One for attempting thing, one for using your NPC ally. I'm going to set to the DC first. The DC is going to be... She would have sedatives. Would she be willing to give them up? If it means saving the town, yes. Alright, so I'm going to say this is a relatively easy roll. I'm going to roll it with a D10 to set the DC. A 3 again. So a three is 3 is the DC and you have 2 D10. Easy peasy, 9 and a 2. So you succeed. Uh, you smash it out as well, so I'm going to say that on that is going to be sedatives, and they're going to be a level. You smashed out that you got 11 on a DC of three. Yeah, I'm going to say that's the sedatives of four. You have a, a a quality of four in the sedatives. 
Blizzard a cow for watching the beast and then meeting sedatives when we actually face it. That could be a good idea. Uh, ice cream. Should we do a um, who's who's in favor? Yes or no? You can put thumbs up, thumbs down. Who's in favor of ice cream's idea? Use an illusory cow now. Cow now, brown cow. Um, just to watch and see and observe and see what see what this creature is that you're fighting. And then when it comes to actually facing it, you set a trap with meat and sedatives. The illusory cow might piss it off. And if you fail with the illusory cow, that's how it learns something about you. It learns how it learns that you're magical and stuff, maybe. Most people saying yes, let's do ice cream's idea. Ooh, there's some nose coming in there. Mm, okay, let's put this to a poll, because it's not in, not I think the yeses still have it, but it could be close. Use an illusory cow now to watch and learn. Yes or no. You can make it mad, even that might be a good information. Yeah, learning learning what it does when it's angry could be information. You have two more weaknesses that you could theoretically learn. You don't have to learn both of them before you attack it, but if you can learn both of them and then use that to your advantage, um, it reduces my... If you, if you can learn all three weaknesses and then utilize them, then it lowers it from a d20 to a d12, to a d10, to a d8. And then I'm setting the dc uh, for the monster at a, at a series of d8s. I should buy a net if possible, or craft a trap. Can't bait sedatives on an illusion, we need that for later. Build a spike pit, hide it, put the illusory cow on top of the pit. Ooh, very close, but the no's have it with 51% of the vote saying no, we're not going to use the illusory cow idea. I said yes, but I meant no. Well, no's, no's had it in the end anyway, Kindy. Came down to a single vote, as it often does with Twitch Tales. That's why I say every, every vote counts. So what are we doing then? If we're not using an illusory cow, what are we doing? Embed some sharp nails inside of the bait for internal damage versus emotional damage. We're going to go with a real cow with some of those sedatives. Track a real animal, use that as bait. All right, wonderful. That's what we're going to do then. We're hunting for things. Uh, was hunt one of the... I think hunt was one of the skills, wasn't it? Let's check. Uh, no, it wasn't. Heal, watch. Oh, hunter was one of the backgrounds. Uh, so this is definitely going to be the hunter background, which you don't have, so you don't get that D10. But you do have the D10 for attempting a thing, uh, the D10 for tracking a thing, and... I think that's it. So just those two. You're going to get two d10 on this uh, uh, on this check. Let me set the DC. The DC is going to be... This thing has been around eating big animals for three days now at least, so I'm going to say unfortunately it's, it's going to be a challenging DC. So I'm going to take two d10 to set the DC. Where are all my d10s? I seem to have lost a d10. Alright, 2d10, the DC is going to be 9. So 9 DC with 2d10. Uh, you've got a 5 and a 5. That is a 10. 10 succeeds. So you do succeed on tracking an animal. Uh, what sort of what sort of large animals might live in the forest of uh, around... Uh, sort of a somewhat magical forest around a, a wood elf village? What do you want to find? A deer? Alright, we'll go with a deer. So you find a deer, a, a relatively large deer, you track it, you manage to, as a wood elf and a witch, you manage to uh, charm this deer as soon as it sees you and goes to bolt. You charm this uh, deer so that it sees you as not a threat. Uh, you walk over and you stroke it and uh, what's, your, what's your intent with this deer now? You're going to sedate it, stick the sedatives in its mouth and then just like chuck it out there to, to be bait? What's the, what's the plan? 
You're gonna kill it. Not alive. Not alive bait. Use the rope to tie it up near where we want to watch. Make a lead. Yep, you make a lead with uh, your crappy rope and you start to lead it away using your charming magic to um, to help with that as well. Do not kill it. We want a living creature. Use sedatives on the corpse if the beast eats it. The creature has definitely gone for live animals in the last three days, but it may go for anything. It's ravenous. Just watch and learn with real food. Keep it alive for now. All right. Sedatives for when we're going to attack. Don't use them yet. If the beast's intelligent, might get sus about giving, being given a dead animal. You don't know what the intelligence of this creature is. Again, don't don't get lulled into the fact that I'm calling it a beast. That's the name of these monsters in this game. It could be literally anything. It could be a vampire. It could be a werewolf. It could be something of my own creation that has super intelligence. That may be one of its weaknesses. Hyper intelligence um, to the point where it overthinks things. You know, you never know. Living prey could be better to see how it hunts with the deer close to the recent tracks. Okay. I'm going to say most people are saying um, to uh, to use living prey for that reason. So you move the uh, the, the deer, you lead it with your, um, your shitty rope through the forest uh, to the point where you can tie it up. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are we going to tie the deer up or are we just going to kind of leave it in this area and hope for the best. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Are we tying it up? Yes or no? Tie it up. Tie it. No, don't. Tie it up. Don't tie it. Tie it. Don't tie it. If it's ravenous, it probably won't care that its bait's tied up. Lots of yeses, but quite a few noes as well. You can make a corral would be better. I don't know what that is. Sorry. Could you explain what a coral is or a corral? Charm it to stick around. That's actually a good idea, Kelso. Hmm, maybe we could do that. Uh, if you wanted to, obviously the downfall of this, if you fail this check, the deer runs away. And you lose your bait. But if you want to, I could roll you a um, a charm check with your witch background to see if you can uh, to see if you can magically tell this deer to stick around without it being tied up. A corral is like a temporary fence in a circle to keep herd animals in or to hunt, hunt animals to trap them. I see. Charm it while it's tied up. Leave it if the charm fails. That's a good idea. Let's do both. All right. So we uh, we will tie it up. We tie it up with our uh, our our shitty rope. Then we're going to attempt to um, to charm it with magic. And if it fails, then it tries to get away, and we roll against the rope. All right. So it is going to be. Let's have a look. So it's going to be. It's a. It's an animal. I'm going to say it's a relatively easy thing to do. Uh, that's a nine, though. That's a nine on the d10. So. The DC is 9. You have 2d10 because you have uh, 1 for attempting a thing. Uh, what you, do, you don't get 1 for charm because you didn't take charm. Uh, and then you are going to take your witch background to give you another d10. So you've got 2d10. Add them together. You've got an 8 and an 8. 16 beats 9. You do manage to successfully magically charm this deer. And now it is yours for the foreseeable future. You take the um, you take the rope off of it to leave it uh, just, tie, just, just um, magically tied up rather than physically tied up. Uh, hoping that this will be better bait for the monster. 
And then you're going to get on your broomstick and fly up and take the watch check. You didn't take watch as one of the um, abilities that you have, so you're not, you don't get a d10 to it. It's just going to be a single d10, and then you're going to add your broomstick to it. All right. Uh, the difficulty of watching for this thing to happen. Relatively easy, actually. Relatively easy. Uh, yeah, very easy, because the DCs are 2. With the DC of 2, you're going to roll a single D10 plus 2 and see if you can beat a 2. That's a 3. 3 plus 2, 5 is better than 2. You succeed at finding somewhere um, finding somewhere disguised where you can watch. We're, uh, we're not watching, we're um, investigating it happen. <laughs> so you are now hiding on your broomstick, floating above this... Uh, this, this this tied up, um, uh, this tied up, emotionally tied up uh, deer, watching and waiting. Indoor, heal, investigate, shoot, strike, threaten. So you're just watching for this at the moment, right? What is it at the end of this scene? <clears throat> at the end of this scene, what is it that you want that you would want? to roll as the as the sort of wrap up to see whether or not you you learn the thing's weakness ultimately we've rolled investigation last time is there any other thing that you uh, purport to um to roll as a as a wrap up is it going to be investigation again the wind direction upwind all right you are upwind of the deer as well yes you are upwind investigation all right, so we will roll investigation at the very end of this to see whether or not this um, this creature, uh, see if we can learn another of its weaknesses. I'm going to actually roll it now because that'll help me to describe how the rest of the scene goes. So I'm going to roll now to see if you are successful in learning its weakness before I then have the beast come and uh, attack the, the bait or not. So the DC of this one is, which one is it going to be? Could be either. I'm just going to roll uh, odds or evens to see which of the weaknesses you learn from this one. Odds and evens, odds. Okay, you're going to learn that one. So how does this work out? If you are successful, how do you learn that weakness? All right. Yeah. Okay. So um, how would you learn that that is a weakness? I'm going to put this at a... This is going to be challenging to learn. All right. So there's going to be challenging to learn this uh, this particular weakness, which means the DC is going to be set at 2d10, which is a 6 and a 6. So the DC is 12. The DC is 12, and you are going to roll an investigation check now. There's one for just attempting a thing, one for investigate. Doesn't... Um, hmm. Actually, this does tie into your witch background for reasons that will become clear. So you need to be a 12 on 3d10. We have a 1, a 7, and another 7. So you did it. Uh, you succeed at the, in, at the investigate at learning this next weakness. So then let's go back and explain what uh, how that happens. So as you are watching, you are there for a few hours before eventually you hear this... Um, you hear this... crunching of twigs. And you look over in that direction, and you see that the uh, the coloration of that forest seems to be 
getting a little brighter. Like there's a like there's something coming with glow to it. The bark and the trees and the leaves and the undergrowth, it's all getting a little brighter. But then you watch and you realize it's not only getting brighter, it's getting slightly more colorful. It's it's getting a little more saturated. This thing seems to be moving uh, forwards and from what you can hear, it seems to be four-legged. No, no, more than that. Six, maybe? Just as you have this thought, this large, uh, this large lion-like creature from the front half, front half of a lion, pushes through into the, uh, into the, the, the clearing where you're standing and looks around on either side. You can see that its face is a sort of purple hue. It's got like violet, uh, violet and lilac, and um, and and mauve sort of colorations throughout its face. Its hair seems to be like uh, almost a spectrum of purples and pinks through its mane, and its eyes are glowing, glowing golden. You can also see that there are two small nubbins of horns. As it moves in from there. You see that its next legs are that of a um, of like insectoid uh, creature that seems to be coming out from about its ribcage and allowing it uh, more steady movement on its feet. And then as it moves past and into the clearing, finally you see that its back end is that of almost like a um, uh, almost like a horse, and its tail is uh, stinger-like, scorpion-like. It's very monstrous in appearance. But it gets close to the deer, and then you see it prowl down, and it starts to move forwards. And as it starts to do so, suddenly this, like, as soon as it sees the deer and starts to prowl, you see this, like, aura emit from it. And you feel, like, whew, almost lulled to this thing. As this aura gets to you, this, like, uh, flittery golden sparkles come from it. It passes over you, and... Oh, it smells sweet. It's like it's like a nice uh, warm breeze at a carnival, and there's like a smell of of, of uh, roasting chestnuts, and oh, it feels nice on this cool air. That you've been you've been shivering out here for hours in the uh, winter in the winter weather. There's this charming effect as it passes over you, and you see these uh, golden sparkles also pass over the deer, and you feel as a witch, you feel your charm on the deer drop. And the deer turns towards this creature and starts to move towards it. It gets close enough to it that this creature then... Boom! Bounces out, grabs the deer. As instantly you see the, the deer's charm drops and it starts to kick, but it's well too late by this point. Clamps down on the throat, tears the throat out, blood everywhere. And then it grabs a hold of the deer and starts to drag away as the deer kicks. It's a difficult... Uh, thing to witness um, and as it's out of a range you lose uh, you you lose your um, uh, your charm on the, the creature as well but you do learn that it is fey it is definitely fey in its origins and as a witch you know that the fey are quite often weak to silver so one weakness you have now learned is that it is ravenous and another weakness you have learned 
is that it is weak to silver. That is two successful, uh, two successful scenes, two successful investigations. You can attack it at any point if you want to go for it right now. You might have enough to go on, but if you can find out its other weakness, you would be at the at a better advantage. It is probably mid afternoon at this point. You've been you've been uh, hunting the deer and then and then waiting for this thing to turn up for hours. Uh, eventually, it turned up, and it's probably like three or three or four in the afternoon. And be, being that it's um, uh, being that it is uh, winter and middle of winter, it's pretty dark already. You've probably got another hour of the light, and then it's completely dark. We upgrade our broom to fly and stay out of its range. All right, so you flew up, um, you flew up about five feet up onto a branch, and then you like used that and kind of like flew up a little bit further. So you've been flying up five, higher than five feet on your number two broomstick. Um, but you had to stay by a tree the whole time so that you didn't fall too far. Uh, so you can, if you want to, upgrade your broom, as somebody suggested. You can now just go into town and ask for silver. You can now question the villagers to see if any info information while you look for silver. You want to make a ward against resisting being charmed? You can try that. Silver foil hat. <laughs> Load a pack crossbow with just silverware. <laughs> Could do. Do we know what the beast is or where to look to find out? Uh, you do not. You do not know where the, what the beast is. You know it's a fey creature, um, and you could try and investigate to find out if you want. Let's see if you got anything. Um, I would probably just make it a, a a witch check essentially. Look up the beast in some books. With the weapon. Weapon you place have silver tipped arrows. They might do. You can go and ask some ask for some silver to be melted down. Town library. Mid said we had a library. Uh sure. Sure, there's a library here. Not a big one, but there's there is one. Silver bolts for the crossbows. Alright. A lot of people saying we need to upgrade our weapons with silver stuff, so we are going to go into town. We go into town and being that it's Sintabrun, uh and it's um, and it's pretty late in the afternoon. People have shut up early. People have decided, nah, it's it's the it's the month to celebrate levity and joy and fun and recreation. I'm not working, so a bunch of people have just gone home early, stopped working. So you can wait till tomorrow if you want, and start try again, or you can go home as Wraith suggests and try and melt down our own silver stuff, our own silver jewelry and things. Silver jewelry for oh, so that you don't get your throat ripped out. Yeah, wear, wear a silver necklace. Let's uh, let's find out. Let's see if you do. Uh, you don't have any in your equipment, so you obviously don't have any um, on you. But you might have one at home. Let's. What's the chances? Um, what are the chances? I'm going to put it at silver's relatively useful. I'm going to make a challenging roll. Uh, that's going to be a DC of nine. There's nothing to add to this, I don't believe, so you just have to beat a 9 on this roll to see if you have any silver jewellery. That's an 8. Unfortunately, you do not. You've got some silver-coloured jewellery, but as you go home and, and check it, you realise it's not actually um, solid silver. It's like some, some sort of metal alloy that's just silver in colour. Set up a watch for the townsfolk so that no one gets attacked. Ask Lily if she has any silver. I'm going to say that that role that I just did encompasses your ability to find silver jewellery. 
dragged the deer away so once again it didn't eat where it killed the thing. Why is it carrying things away if it's so damn hungry? Could be part of a third weakness. Could be. Knock, knock. Bring out your silver to save the town. <laughs> you could do that if you want. Go around and start just um, start uh, convincing people. Spread some silver dust through the wind around the creature. That could be pretty cool. You could definitely try something like that if you found some silver dust. You could look in the library at anything about how to un uh, protect from charm effects. So there's solid info specifically on this creature. Uh, that would be another like investigatory scene to see if you can learn information on this creature. If you want to learn information on the creature, you can, but that, like, that's like that's the next scene as to like which, which what is your attempt to learn information? Are you just going to do so by reading? See if you can read up on this creature. Follow from a distance. Grind down all of the town's silver. Doing research about it. Pit trap with more live bait. Tip the stakes with silver. Investigation with books. Knowledge is power. All right. So it seems like people are wanting to investigate with reading, uh, reading the books. As I mentioned, everything's closed, closed up for the day, including the library. The libraries in my world are a place of worship to the gods of knowledge, um, and so they've they've closed closed up uh, for the day. They're they're, they're done. So you can go home and see if you can use in your own witch books uh, anything on any information on this creature. I'm going to set this at a very difficult thing to learn uh, learn from a book alone. So this is going to be a DC, a DC of... Uh, that's going to be 15. 15 DC. And then you are going to use D10 for attempting a thing, a D10 for investigate, and uh, a D10 for, have, for being a witch. You would have magic books and things. You would have books on the Fae. So you got to beat a 15, and you got a two twos and a four. Unfortunately, you fail with this particular uh, investigation. You fail to find books that are useful in any way. Um, I can't think of a way that this would result in the beast knowing a weakness of yours. Um, or can I? Let me think. So you go home, you start to read up on your books. <laughs> yeah, you head home and you start to uh, you start to busy yourself around your your shack. It is a large, um, it's, it's a relatively small shack, but it's got a lot of stuff in it as a as a witch you've accrued bits and bobs that are kind of useful and potions and alchemy and, uh, and and spells and things and you've got junk everywhere you head up into your uh into your treehouse shack attached to your house you're looking for the book on fey creatures fey monsters monsters of the fey wild you're looking there's a book around here somewhere um oh there it is on the window ledge and you go and grab the thing from the window ledge and you look out and you see this creature prowling by your uh, your house it's got sort of like in the tree line and it's looking up it's probably about 100 feet away but it looks up just as you sort of go to grab it it startles you a little bit and your hand knocks a potion off of the shelf uh, off of the window ledge which shatters on the ground and this smoke uh, this green smoke is released 
This beast has now learned one of your weaknesses is that you are reliant on magic. Reliant on magic. That is a weakness that it has learned about you. Because you failed a check to attempt to find out one of its weaknesses. So that is not a one and done. You can now still to still attempt to find out more of its weaknesses, but uh, you're not going to find it from books. And that, um, uh, that uh, and every time you fail, essentially, to, to attempt one of its weaknesses, it'll find something of, about you. We have a crossbow. Yeah, yeah. But your 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 magic will be weaker against it because it knows about your magic. Can it fly? It doesn't seem to have wings. Maybe it can fly with magic, but it didn't. It couldn't fly um, unaided. Get some silver now. Did we lose our crappy rope? By the way, no. You took the rope off of the the deer. Get some silver dust, find an ally to hunt with, spread the dust in the wind, have the ally shoot it with a bolt, and then we push the wind up its nose so it breathes it in while it's getting shot. That's a lot of things. And it requires you finding silver dust and an ally. Was it headed towards town? It was just prowling. It was just nearby. It didn't seem to be going in any particular direction. What's your intent now, guys? What are you doing? You're gonna go after it. You're gonna. It's it's now it's now dark. It's now. Um, uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's now like twilight. It's like the the last rays of sunlight. And I will say, I'll retcon what I just said about it prowling in no particular direction. It was definitely heading pretty uh, quickly back towards the um, back towards the cave. Um, uh, sorry, the cave. The mountain is what I meant. Back towards the mountain. Look into our fire or pensive for visions of the beast. You want to use some sort of divinatory magic. We've just done that, Kelso. Uh, that would be the same role. It would be a role, an investigate, and a, and a witch. So that's the same three roles. It's going to be encompassed by us trying to find information in a book or through witchy means. And it failed. So you are unable to to ascertain through your witch, witch investigation, witchy investigation, um, any more information about this beast. Ask a knowledgeable villager if they know stuff on this fay. Um, I'm trying to think what that check would be that isn't something you've already rolled. Essentially, you don't. You when you um, when you were choosing an ally that you have in town, you didn't choose a hunter. You didn't choose the last survivor of the attack. You didn't choose the alienist um, or the priest. So I don't think like you chose a midwife, and there's no reason that the midwife would know any more about this creature than. Than you do. What sort of witch are we? Whatever you want. You could ask forest animals. Yeah, you could. Um, you could start asking forest animals around it. Um, what would this be? Charm, maybe. A charm effect from the forest animals. Craft a clay model of the beast for studying it. Ooh, that could be a good idea. Crafting a clay model of the beast to study it. You know what? Why not? Let's see how you. Uh, let's see how you go with this. Uh, this isn't going to teach you anything about its weaknesses, but it will uh, it will give you an asset that you can then use um, for later. So crafting, a, you are good at crafting. How difficult is this? You've only seen it once. It was charmed you, so it's going to be challenging. The DC is nine. 
So we've got a d10 for trying something. You've got a craft yeah, skill. And there's nothing in your backstory or anything that you would... No, so just that. You've got to beat a 9 and you got a 10. So you do succeed in crafting a little uh, clay doll of the, the beast. <clears throat> it's a horse insectoid uh, uh, lion with a stinger tail. Um, and the ability to charm, and it's like got this this purpley look about it. It's definitely a fey creature. You have that as an item now. Let me actually add it to your. Um... You only just beat the um, the DC uh, by one, so I'm going to make it just a one. It's just a one quality because you only just beat the DC of it but you have one in your inventory in case you need it for anything particular. You can now ask around uh, the, the beasts of the forest if they know anything about it, or... Do we know if the monster's afraid of the dark? I just finished class, so I've been listening to everything. Uh, you don't know that or whether that's true or not true, Asasha. I think we got to head for bed. I think we got to head for bed for the night. In the morning, we go to town, tell them what we know, and organize a hunting party with the villagers. They may not trust us, but I think sensible heads should prevail. Are we going to go to bed? Are we going to leave, leave it for the night and, and try again tomorrow? Use our heal skill to craft a silver tincture to use on our bolts. I don't know why healing would help with crafting silver tinctures. Ask animals if it's seen daylight or near running water. Let the village know. No waste time on sleeping if we've still got time. I say talk to the guy who found the blood. All right. So a bunch of people saying, let the village know and talk to the guy. So we go into town, we get on our broomstick, out of the window, and we fly off, we, we hover off, down towards uh, the town proper. We start with our uh, finding our sister Lily, and uh, and from her we start to expand out and, and get some people's attention. And we tell them what we know of the thing so far. It is a monster, it looks like this. Uh, it is it is eating uh, beasts, de deer and things. It's definitely got a ravenous appetite. As you're talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna set a DC for your watch skill, i.e. perception check. <laughs> so the DC for this is gonna be relatively easy, five. All right, you have no watch skill, so it's going to just be a straight ten. You need to beat a five. You've got a ten. You got a 10 on the DC of 5, so you succeed. As you're talking, as you're describing what's happening with this uh, this this monster and what you've no what you've learned about it so far, it seems to be um, uh, it, it should be weak against silver, and it's pretty ravenous uh, for food. It will be easy to bait. There's movement catches your eye in the corner of your eyes, and you see spirits, ghosts, and spectres starting to move into the town. They're approaching you from all sides, and they're about to attack. What do you do? Warn everyone, scream. I see dead people, you scream. I see dead people. You start shouting and screaming, cast a ward, good idea, I scream. All right, so you are a witch, and you're going to try and cast a magical spell to ward the, the um, scream is a very good idea. Uh, cast something like protection from good and evil. All right, so this is going to be... Let's double check the skills. Charm, craft, deceive, endure, heal, investigate, shoot, strike, threaten, track, and watch. None of those are like casting-like casting abilities. Endure. You're going to endure this the, the onslaught of these, uh, these things. Maybe I'll make it an endure check. Um, 
This is a dangerous check, which means that you have... There was something about that in the rules somewhere. This is a... Uh, what was the thing about the frightened and injury? Oh, injured and stressed. Uh, yes, so you. this is definitely a stressful situation. So you will gain a point of stress after this. You don't, This is your first point of stress, so you are fine uh, for now. So this is going to be a d10 for attempting to cast a spell, um, and a d10 from being a witch. Uh, and that's going to be just 2d10 against what I'm rolling, which is going to be... Uh, there's a lot of these spectres and spirits, and there's a lot of people in the town, so this is going to be a very difficult roll. 3d10 for the DC. 3d10 for the DC, and that was that was a 10, a 2, and a 1. So thankfully a 2 and a 1 will bring that down to a 13. 13 DC, you've got 2d10 to beat 13 in order to succeed on your attack. Is there anything you have? Meat, sedatives, rope, crossbow, broomstick, and clay doll. You don't have anything to add to this, so it's just 2d10 straight. You've got to beat 13, you've got an 8 and a 4, which is a 12. 8 and a 4 is not 13, but it's not that far of a fail. So you do fail. Not only do you get a point of stress, you're going to get a point of injury as well. So you now have two points of injury, which we will uh, which we will get to in a moment. The spirits start to move in. You cast this uh, warding spell. Because you only just failed it, uh, you're going to protect most of the townsfolk, um, but you're unable to protect yourself and Lily. Um, and so there's the spirits who are going to come in, and they're going to pass through you. You take um, uh, necrotic damage, let's say. You take an injury. Lily's also going to take an injury from these spirits passing through them. They don't seem to do anything other than that. They're not, like, attacking you full on. They're just passing through the town in both directions. And then once they've passed through their respective um, uh, their respective targets, they pass on out of the town and back into the night. You now have two points. You have an injury point and a, a stress point, which are basically the same thing in this game. So you have two points, which means I'm going to roll... Uh, uh, um, I'm going to roll two d10. One for injury, one for stress. And you need to roll an endurance against that. That's a DC of five. Easy peasy. You did not take the endurance skill. So eight. Eight beats five, so you press on. You now have an injury and a stress, um, but you're, you you um, any, any any more than that because you you don't have endurance. You're probably going to uh, pass out or or get out of action. <laughs> you're panting. Can anyone explain what just happened? Did everybody here see that? What the hell happened? What are you doing? What was that magic you were doing? She was trying to protect us. Calm down, Lily says. Calm down. She was protected. You not see the 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 uh, the, the the barrier er erupt around us. Uh, heal skill. You do have the heal skill. Let's see if you can get uh, one of those stress points or injury points down, shall we? So with your magic and your heal, that's going to be 3d10 that you're rolling. One for doing a thing, one for healing, and one for being a witch. You're going to use some magic to try and heal yourself and Lily and any other town townsfolk that were um, hurt by the, the, the spectres. Uh, this is going to be, because it's necrotic damage, because it's specifically like uh, not physical damage, it's something that's going on in the inside, it's going to be... It's going to be 3d10 in challenging. Uh, that is going to be for you. That's pretty good. That's a 9. 9 on 3d10. Uh, and then you're rolling 3d10 against that. 
One of them was a nine. In fact, they were all nine. That was three nines. So you, you, I'm going to say with that, you managed to heal every bit of damage that was done by the ghosts to yourself, Lily, and the uh, the other person. You're still stressed. You still have one point of stress, but you're down to one rather than two. <clears throat> Did anyone else see the ghosts or only our spell? <clears throat> the uh, everybody saw the ghosts as you're talking. The uh, the ghosts were definitely seen by um, by the people of the village. I. I I I don't know what that was. It was it was definitely ghosts. Um, I've uh, everybody starts to feel a little better as you finish your your uh, witchy spells to heal them. Everybody should feel a little calmer now. Um, we need to be careful. Obviously, these there are spectres in the forest as well. I'm not sure if they're related to the beast or not. But maybe it can cast spells. Maybe it can maybe it can manipulate the dead. Somebody stumbled and whacked their head in a building trying to escape our ward because they don't trust us and we easily heal their head wound yet. Just trust me. So you uh, you continue where you were, um, uh, where you'd left off when you were interrupted by those spectres and uh, you you explain to the, the, the people of the town what it is that you've learned so far and you ask them for some silver. I'm going to make this a, a charm effect. It's going to be relatively easy because of what they've just seen and, and everything that you have told them. It seems like they're going to be relatively easy to uh, persuade. Uh, DC 3. It's one for doing something. Uh, you don't have charm effect. Uh, I'm going to use the clay doll. I'm going to add the one from the clay doll on there because you're describing what it is. So you've got a, D, uh, a D10 plus 1 and you have to beat a 3. You got a five. Five plus one, six beats three. You succeed in uh, persuading the villagers to bring you their silver. You only beat it by three, so I'm not going to say that they bring you. In fact, that makes uh, sense uh, as to as to just how much stuff you have. I'm going to say you have some raw silver. I'm going to say you've got silverware, and it's going to be of quality two. You have silverware of quality two. You can try and melt that down. Beating the DC by three wasn't enough to um, to uh, persuade them to bring you all of their expensive jewelry and stuff, but they people are, are finding like um, silver silver spoons and things to bring you instead. Fake creatures killing animals near us, dragging them away has charm ability, and now uh, and now there's ghosts. I need silver. Bring me a silver and any information you have on it as well. I need to know now. You are brought some silver, and as for information, the things that you learn over the rest, the course of the rest of the night before you are too tired and need to sleep, is that the attacks, uh, the ghosts have not been seen before, and the monster has not been seen during the night. It has the 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 effects of the monster have only been caught in late morning, early afternoon sort of times. Craft upgraded crossbow with silver tipped bolts. We could try and do that now. Should we melt them down, grind, grind? Melt down rather than grind down. With all that silver, we leave town. Haha, <laughs> successful, successful scam. We did it. Still think diplomacy with the beast not out of the question. We should try and communicate or craft a potion of comprehension for it. We could try that. So we could try and find its lair at night. We could grind down the silver and bait the meat with it. 
plus the sedatives. All right, what to do with the silver? Um, put a... I see two people, two, two arguments. Either grind it down or melt it down. Grind it down into powder so that we can blow it into the wind and, and all of that ideas. Try and get it into its lungs. Try and um, Try and coat the meat with it, all that stuff. Or melt it down and tip our arrows with it. Tip some crossbow bolts with it. So put a thumbs up for grind it and put a thumbs down for melt it. You do not have enough to do both. Melt it it is. Very clearly, very clear, um, not unanimous, but very clear majority. We're going to melt this silver down. So we're going to go home and we're going to do a craft check to see if we can melt this thing down. You do not have the background of uh, blacksmith, so you do not get to use uh, your bonus for that. So your witch background won't help you here, but your craft skill will. So you're going to be rolling 2d10 uh, and you're going to be plusing 2 from the silverware. You don't have a forge, but you will have some sort of alchemy things because you're a witch, so challenging. I'm going to put it at challenging to melt it down so that it's usable. All right, here we go. Uh, that is a DC of 12. 12 is the DC. You are rolling 2d10 plus 2 from silverware. Let's see if you're successful in melting down this uh, stuff. Uh, that is a 9 and a 5, which is 14, plus 2 is 16. 16 beats 12. You are successful in melting down the silverware. I'm going to get rid of silverware and put silver. Uh, with that same craft check, I will say that you dip your silver in, uh, dip your bolts in arrows. Silver bolts. Uh, you have silver bolts. It was only a two silverware. I'm going to remain it as a two for um, for the silver bolts. Melt is better because I'd like. Uh, to attack it from range to stay away from the stinger and the charm if possible. Yeah, so you've got silvered bolts now. You've got lock and load. What do you want to do now? It is night time. You have a point of stress. I'm going to roll... Hmm, let's see. Injury, stress. I'm going to I'm going to roll uh, I'm going to roll a an endurance check against the uh, the injury. You you've currently got a stress but no injuries. And the stress DC is a 6. From the stress of working into the night, melting down silver, the chances of you like burning yourself on the forge and things, uh, there is a chance of that. So you are rolling endurance. You don't have endure as a skill, so it's just straight roll against six, and you fail. You fail. If you fail an endurance check against injury or stress, you are out of action. So what that means is you succeed on getting your silver bolt, but that is all you're going to achieve for the rest of the day. You are too tired, you're too stressed, you've burnt your fingers on the on the forge, melting this silver down. By the time you're finished, you're sweaty and hot and, and you collapse back into bed and you're out for the day. The next morning, a little little twittery bird lands on your on your window ledge and wakes you up and you realise that the rays of sun are already coming in, you've slept right through into the morning, you were so exhausted. You do not have your injury or stress anymore. What do you want to do? Silver bolts, silver bolts. Soon it will be time to fire. Silver bolts, silver bolts. <laughs> Bake some meat with the sedative, cast an anti-charm on ourselves, kill the beast with the silver bolts. 
and a charm and amulet. Is there any silver left? There's no silver left. You only had silverware. You didn't do a good enough job of charming to get uh, more silver than that. You just had enough to coat some bolts with it, however many bolts you need. Cast magical armor. All right. Let's uh, let's let's see if you can cast some magical armor on yourself. Uh, relatively easy because mage armor is a low level spell, so it's a single DC. DC of three. You have a D10 for trying something and your witch background. Uh, easily, easy, easy, easy. That is a uh, that is an eleven. Armor would heal be armor. I'd be willing to argue that heal is armor, so I'd add that on as well. So DC, so you got a fifteen over five. You got a 15 over, sorry, 15 over 3. So I'm going to add it into your inventory, essentially, that you have magic armor on. And because you beat it by such a high amount, you beat it by 12, I'm going to make it a DC of uh, a 4 quality magic armor. So if it's attacking you and things, you have a 4 that you can add to any specific rolls that require your armor. Talk to the critters, gather info... Cast buffs. Uh, wait, if we cast our buffs now, we need to go kill now before it wears off. It, it'll last for the rest of the day. Your magic armor will last for the rest of today, if you are going to do anything with it today. It is mid-morning. Something to counter that beast's charm. We can pretend it's potentially debilitating ability. We need to combat that first up. Good point. Ask the bird to spy on the beast for us so it doesn't ambush us from a safe height. Upgrade our crossbow. We want to go to the blacksmith, and we, we do have a blacksmith in town. Um, he's not one of our allies, so you won't get to use that as a D10 um, ally, but there is a blacksmith in town that you could um, you could ask to upgrade your crossbow if you can do something for him, or charm him, or just persuade him, or whatever you want to do. Ice cream's in favour of just baiting the meat and killing it now. You've got two of its, silver, uh, two of its weaknesses. Do not ask the animals. The beast could learn from that, maybe. If you've learned anything from the Lucifreak arc, it's that beasts could be in cahoots. Place the meat with sedatives and craft an anti-charm ward. Anti-charm ward? Are we going to craft an anti-charm ward? Yes or no? Is that what we're going to do first? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Are we going to try and craft an anti-charm ward of some kind for our, for our inventory? All right. Yes, 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 yes. Easy peasy. Okay, so you do not have anything in your inventory that could help with this, I don't believe. Clay doll could be argued. Um, if you want to use up the clay doll as a component of this anti-ward, uh, anti-charm ward spell thing, if you want to use it up so it's gone from your inventory, I will allow you to add the plus one from the clay doll. Use up the clay doll, yes. Yes, yes, add the doll. All right, we'll do that. So you will set to work. You will spend the rest of this morning using the clay doll that you made of this beast turning it into a, a charm of some kind, an anti-charm effect uh, that will give you um, immunity to being charmed by this fake creature. So uh, it is going to be difficult to say the least. Is it going to be double difficult? I think it is going to be double difficult. It's going to be very difficult to create this uh, anti-charm ward. Oh, and that was two tens and a five. So the DC is 25. The DC is 25. You are attempting a thing, you are crafting a thing, and you're using witch magic. So you're using 3d10, and then you're using your clay doll, which is a plus one as well. So you've got 3d10 plus one, and you have to beat a 25. 
that is, I'm afraid, not enough. Two sixes and a two, which is 14, plus the clay doll, which is 15. So you've used up the clay doll. 15 is severely under 25. So you break it, you break the clay doll apart, you, you, you spend the entire morning trying to find how to counter its charm, and it just doesn't work. Uh, you weren't attempting to find a, weak a weakness with that, so the beast won't learn one of your weaknesses through that failure. Um, but you do get a point of stress for failing. So you have one point of stress for failing to um, failing to make an anti-charm uh, amulet. You've also spent the entire morning. What do you want to do now? It is now about noonish. Go to the blacksmith and upgrade the crossbow. Put a thumbs up or a thumbs down for that idea. Going to the blacksmith to try and upgrade our crossbow. You don't have anything to offer the blacksmith. You don't have money per se. You could try and do some kind of craft a potion for him on his behalf, or you could try and just persuade him with your charming ability. Oh yes, the stress endurance thing. Oh no, it's fine, it's fine. All right, yeses, the yeses definitely have it. You are going to go into town. You get on your broomstick and you fly into town. Uh, you get a few squeals of <laughs> as as you're flying above them in the town. And you're like fuck every every morning. Why do they not trust me? I've not done anything to be distrusted by them. You fly down to the blacksmith um, and ask him, "Hey, I need a better weapon. I'm going to fight this beast monster thing. Can you can you do something with this?" Cackle loudly while flying. <laughs> You try and you try and uh, get your crossbow upgraded. Tell us how are you going to try and do that. You have the craft uh, You have the craft heal, investigate, shoot, strike, and track abilities. If you want to try and use those in some way, otherwise you can try and intimidate or charm, because those were other other abilities you can use. You can use the threaten skill, which you don't have. Uh, you could use the charm skill, which you don't have. You could use the deceive skill, which you don't have. Assist the blacksmith with our craft skill. Okay, you uh, you say you show him the. Um, it's actually a good idea. To high tech. We'll use that. You show him the silvered bolts that you made, and you're like, "Hey, look at this! I did some blacksmithing stuff last night as well while you were not working." Um, uh, and you and you show him, "Look, I can I can craft things. Maybe if I can, if you just teach me how to do it, I can do it. Or maybe." I could help you do something in like menial tasks while you do my crossbow for me. You try and persuade him, you try and craft him something uh, to help him out. So you're going to roll a d10 for that, a d10 for having the craft skill. You can't use Lily or your, your background, uh, which makes no sense. Oh, the midwife. Uh, midwife, somebody, because somebody, yeah, was it Sparrow? Somebody said something about crafting a doll for his daughter. So. Maybe you could use... Nah, it doesn't really... It feels like a real stretch to try and shoehorn Lily into there somehow. So it's just going to be a 2d10 for you. Um, the blacksmith does want this monster dead. And you are offering to help him with his work. So it's going to be just a single d10 DC. Here we go. Six. The DC is six. You have two uh, d10. You should be able to speed a six, hopefully. Let's find out. That is a ten and a seven. Seventeen. Seventeen, you smash it. So that seventeen beats six by eleven. So I'm going to say that he upgrades your crossbow from a 2 to a 4. You have a 4 quality crossbow now, and 2 quality silver bolts. 
Ooh, that would be fun canon. Are we the witch who made the creepy children's doll we found in the Manticore hoard? I, I, we are now. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I love it. Yes, we absolutely are. We, the thing we craft to help the blacksmith um, is we craft a, a, a talking doll. It's a common magic item. Uh, and we... Uh, five is the highest level. It's a common magic item, so it's relatively easy for us as a witch to do. We get a um, uh, a doll out. We get one of the, the blacksmith's uh, daughter's dolls, wooden dolls. Uh, let me just double check what I had in mind for this. Because they did have something slightly different planned for that doll. Let me just double check that I can rework this retcon. Because this would be a lot of fun. A lot more fun of a story. Um, the origin of it, but it can still work as that thing. Doesn't have to have been there the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We take the um, we take the wooden doll, um, and we uh, and we while the blacksmith is upgrading our um, our crossbow for an hour or two, uh, we are upgrading this doll with charms and effects so that when we pick it up, it says, "Mommy, play with me. I'm hungry. Can I have a hug?" Mummy, play with me. Can I have a hug? Mummy, mummy. Uh, and then we hand it to the daughter and the daughter loves it. Yay! And he gives it a hug and she loves it and she toddles away and the blacksmith is um, thankful to you, uh, grateful to you, um, and and uh, upgrades your crossbow. Inspiration for redial. Inspiration isn't a thing in this game, I'm afraid. You wonder why the village doesn't trust us, because we're creepy, making creepy dolls. Yeah, flying around everywhere. Yeah. All right, Triv Dave says, I want to catch an animal to use as bait tomorrow and then can lace the meat with the sedatives and bind them to the animal bait. And then uh, tomorrow, after we've rested, we can attack using the animal bait with sedative lace meat attached to the ravenous weakness with the crossbow and silver bolts against the silver weakness. We've got this. <laughs> you, There is another weakness it has. If you want to find it, you can. Otherwise, you can just go for the go for the kill. I'll take it anyway for a rainy day. Always good to have extra inspiration. You can have inspiration in your personal life, free dial. Dave's right, but I still worry about that charm effect. Alright, thumbs up for trying to find out that third weakness somehow. Thumbs down for going now and just like setting setting a trap with sedatives and bait and just attacking the thing with silver arrows and stuff. Thumbs up for trying to find the third weakness. Thumbs down for just setting off the trap and attacking it as is. Ooh, this is definitely going to need a pole. Ooh, this is definitely going to need a pole. It's much too hard to call because you are on the fence, it seems. Alright. Weakness or attack. Find third weakness. Attack now. Uh, we'll put it to just a one minute pole. What are we going to do? If we find the thir third weakness, it learns about us. Only if we fail to find the third weakness. If you try to find one of the beast's weaknesses with a scene, and you fail, then it learns a weakness of yours. I expect the third weakness to be the most interesting one. Attack now is tomorrow? Yeah, to attack before finding the weakness is what I mean. You can still wait until tomorrow to get rid of your stress. As a weakness for chocolate. <laughs> so we know that it's a mis we are a mistrusted witch who can craft, heal, investigate, shoot, strike, and track. We have an NPC ally 
and an unknown third triplet. Either we learn all of its weaknesses, or it's an epic kill. Oh, and it's an epic kill, or it ties with us and it'll be an epic fight. Yeah, either it's an epic kill or an epic fight. Win-win. Alright, very close call, but with 55% of the vote. It really does come down to a couple of votes, everybody. So if you're ever watching, or uh, if you're ever, yeah, watching Twitch Tales and you want to participate in Twitch Tales, make sure to actually get in and vote because you can sway the the, the direction that the, the story goes. With 55% of the vote, we decide mm, we don't want to go up against this thing without knowing all of its weaknesses. So you decide you're going to try and investigate for its weaknesses. What are you going to do to try and find that? So you could use the track skill, and if you succeed in tracking as like an overarching thing for the scene, then you can learn one of its weaknesses that way. By tracking where its lair is or something. What are you what what's your intention? Track to its lair. Didn't eat in front of us. Let's do the hunt something, trap something, wait for it to come get it thing, and this time follow it to learn more. Track its lair, track its lair. Track it. All right, we're going to use tracking as the as the method by which we are going to try and learn this thing's weakness. As before, I'm going to roll at the top of this scene just to see if we are successful in it, and then that'll help me dictate what happens in the scene. So tracking it to learn its weakness. Yeah, that would work. I can tracking would definitely lead to you learning about this weakness. All right, so uh, so the difficulty of learning its weakness through tracking is going to be it's going to be relatively easy to track, is it? But it has magic. I'm going to just put it. I'm going to put it at a two d ten. Two d ten difficulty to learn its weakness through tracking. Oh dear! It was only two d ten, but I rolled a ten and an eight, so it's a DC eighteen. DC 18 to do it. You've got a D10 for trying a thing. You've got a D10 for tracking. Your your witch background doesn't come into it. Your NPC midwife ally doesn't come into it. Your broomstick might. The meat sedatives, ro rope, crossbow, none of that comes into it. I'm going to say the broomstick goes into it. Magical tracking. Mm, magical tracking? Could you? Can you? Somebody, McClover, you can argue your point. What's your? What, why? Why should I use your witch in the background? Why? Why would I add that D10? You've got a DC 18 forest bonus. <laughs> if only we were playing that that the correct character, right? Oh shit! Are we a nature witch? We can be, if you want. Sweep away. <laughs> that attempt with the broom and reset the dice. <laughs> magical creature that may, may leave magical trails. Because it's fey, we can track its magical aura as well as the blood, maybe? Residual fey magic. A divination spell, locate creature. That makes more sense to me. You know what? Twisted my arm. I will allow you to add another d10 from your background as a witch to try and track this thing. You know what? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm going back on it because one of the backgrounds is hunter. And I'm not going to give you the benefit of the hunter background from the witch background. You're not going to get it. Sorry, I'm being cruel, but that's, that's how it is. No, take the twist! <laughs> um, no, one of the backgrounds is specifically hunter, and if you wanted to be better at tracking things, you should have taken hunter, not witch. 
but I am going to allow you to add your broomstick as you fly fly above the tracks as you're trying. So you just need to beat an 18 on 2d10 plus 2, which is below average, uh, uh, below average chance, but still possible. I'm going to roll them one at a time to be cruel. Uh, the first one was a 5, so you've currently got a 7, and you need to beat an 18 on a d10. Uh, so that is a, a 10. You did get a 10, so you did actually get a 17, and you needed an 18. You got a 17, you needed an 18. Unfortunately, that is in, that is in your ability to try and find a weakness of the, the animal, which means that you are going to fail to find one of its weaknesses, and it is going to succeed in finding one of yours. What is a weakness of yours that it could find out because of this? I'm going to make something up and make it canon about you. All right. Our <laughs> ability to make crap ropes. You set off to track this thing. It's relatively easy to track because early on into your tracking, you discover more blood, fresh blood. It seems that recently, within the last hour or so, it has killed something here and dragged it in a direction. You follow that track as best you can, and you do succeed in tracking it all the way to the base of this mountain and to seeing a, uh, a cave. It looks like this thing is probably layering in this mountain cave. There is like this glowish, uh, th th this, this colorful, bright, uh, saturated glow coming from the mouth of this cave, and just as you're getting close, this spectre comes out of out of the forest beside you, and whoa, and it makes you turn on your broomstick to avoid it. And you turn and you see this other spectre coming and passing by. You pull your crossbow back and fire off a, um, uh, a silvered bolt at one of these spectres, and it misses. The spectres come, out, come in from all sides trying to attack, trying to get to you, uh, and you're firing off your crossbow, your silver bolts. Don't worry, you've got as many of them as you need. You're firing off silver bolts at these things. And what this creature and its minions, the spectres, learn about you is that you are bad at hitting moving targets. So your weakness so far is that you're quite reliant on magic and you are bad at moving, bad at hitting moving targets. Bad at hitting moving targets. So you have failed in that check, which means that you have got a point of stress from this morning. Uh, you have got a point of stress from this one for sure. Injury or stress, same diff. So I'm going to now roll an endurance check to see whether you succeed at, uh, at escaping with your life, essentially. Yeah, Stormtrooper Witch, yes. Alright, so the DC for your endurance check is a 13. 13. You are rolling Endurance, you have a d10, you don't have the Endurance skill, so you have to beat a 13 with a d10. You got a 1. A 1 means you fail against your stress check, your injury and stress check, and you are out of action. It specifically says in the rule, if you're out of action and you, uh, you you need to be rescued. If you fail to be rescued, then you're at the mercy of the beast. So you're out of action. Rescued in a team game usually means that your team can grab you and drag you away. I've specifically only made you one person, so, uh, so we lost. End of game. See you later, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to bend the rules and allow you to rescue yourself in this situation. But we're going to uh, we're going to make it a roll essentially. You're on a broomstick. The monster itself, the beast itself, is not is not here attacking you. Its minions are the minions that I rolled at the start of the game is spectres and spirits. So that's what it's got working for it. Uh, so the spectres and spirits are attacking you. You're on your broomstick. Ah, you're out of action. You can't stick around and learn anything about this uh, this beast and learn learn about its um its uh. <laughs> I bet you're feeling good about refusing that third dice now. Is what it is. Made sense. Um, so I'm going to allow you an easy roll to get out of here. The DC is a three. I've rolled a three so many times. Um, and you have your... Uh, it, it's going to be an escape attempt, essentially. So it's just going to be a straight D D10 roll, but you've got your broomstick added to it. Uh, which is a three again. So five. Five beats three, so you manage to rescue yourself. You get out of here. And you manage to escape back to the village. Ah, you haven't learned its other weakness. Uh, oh, your mage armor. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the mage armor, yes. Uh, so I will add that to your escape rescue attempt. Your escape rescue attempt got, uh, instead of a 5, it would have been a 10 from, uh, a 7, sorry, from your, uh, what was it? Oh, plus 4 mage armor. So you've got uh, plus 9. 9, nine total. Yeah, you got a nine total on your rescue attempt. You managed to rescue yourself from the um, the spirits that were trying to absorb themselves into you and attack you, and um, and uh, and thankfully your your protective barrier around yourself was preventing most of it as you managed to scoot out of there with your relatively crappy broomstick. So, what now? You have now got two of its weaknesses, and it has two of yours. You are out of action, which means you're not going to be able to do anything more progressing the story, as it were, today. You're going to need to rest to get rid of your two injuries, or your two stresses. It would have been far better if we did that first. Not if you'd have succeeded on the on the um, uh, weakness check. If you'd have succeeded on the weakness check, you'd have been in a much better position, wouldn't you? All right, so you go to rest, you go home, you collapse on your bed. You feel your mage armor starting to fail. And then as it fails, suddenly all of this pain is let in of the... the um, uh, the, the the psychic and necrotic injuries from the the, the spectres that did attack you. You try and uh, try and heal yourself and you rest up. I'm not going to make you roll for that. You've got the heal check and you're at home resting. The 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 night passes. It's relatively restless for you until eventually you you manage to heal yourself enough with your magic that you can get a night's sleep. And in the morning you wake up before dawn before dawn because you went to sleep so early this time. You wake up before it's light. Yeah, before it's light out. What are we doing in this next morning? It is before dawn. Do you want to set out a trap and just kill it, or do you want to try and go for a weakness again? I'm going to put it to a pole. It was close before, so I have a feeling I know which way it's going to go now. What now? Attack or weakness? Try and learn its weakness, try and attack. We give it a ticket to a cruise line, it gets violently ill over eating seafood, and we win. Yep. Does that happen to you, ready to nap? <laughs> Sounds oddly specific. If we try and find its third weakness and fail, I can tell you our third. Obviously, they mistrust everyone, the mistrust that everyone has for us. Its charm ability could easily use that against us. Yeah, that's a very good point, Sparrow. The library's open. <laughs> we, could, we could try again to relearn about things in the library. All right. I was I was mistaken. We're actually um, more solidly in the weakness camp. We're like, let's lean into it. Even if it learns seven of our weaknesses, 
<laughs> we are going to learn this last weakness, goddammit. With 58% of the vote, uh, uh, I was going to say Apis, um, Agatha decides to try and learn this beast's weakness. We are now about a week away from... Um, from uh, all, all, No, in fact, we're like... Because it's the end of this week. We're two days away from Aldroy's Day, um, which is essentially Christmas or the Day of Yule or whatever. So we're two days away from Aldroy's Day. It would be very joyful for this village if you could kill this mindless beast uh, before <laughs> before the day of uh, fun for everybody. So how are we going to learn about its weakness? We ha the library is open. You can go and uh, you can go and read about the the beast. See if you can learn its weakness that way. I will allow that. Uh, you could try to you could try and craft something that would learn about it, like craft a, a trap uh, to, so that you could trap it and learn about it that way. You could I don't know. You guys come up with the idea. It's your character. What are you doing? This stubbornness may be one of our weaknesses. Yeah, we will learn that weakness or die trying. Explore that cave. What's your favorite weakness? Yeah, a library because it'll be an easier check. Check the internet. It's pregnant and that's why it's hungry. Our sister Lily will be the midwife. Everyone wins except the ghosts. Mary Sintabrin. If we go to the library, ask Lily and whoever else to come help us look for answers. Ask for a blessing from the local clergy. Is there a hunter in the village? There would be a hunter in the village, sure. I think there's probably one of each of those NPCs in the village. It's just that you can't call on them for help um, for their D10 because that you didn't choose them as an uh, as an ally. You got a midwife instead. If it's dawn, the beast is probably going to attack soon. Learn about insects, like how their legs work extra. We can attack those beasts' legs. Negate our weakness to move in targets. That's a very good point, Spates, yeah. Uh, so divine, divina, divinatory abilities, including the um, animal stuff. Uh, trap it in some way and learn it, study it directly. Read about it at the library. Or uh, I'll study its cave. I think those are probably the the main options, aren't they? Yeah, let's do that. Paul. Uh, question. How to learn. How to learn. All right. Uh, divination. Divination. That includes any any magics that t tell you something that you wouldn't otherwise know. So that is casting an arcane eye and seeing it through that arcane eye. Um, it is. Uh, it is also like talking to animals or looking through the animals like spy cams um, it's also speaking with ghosts that would be a divination as well so all of that stuff is uh, falls under divination um, study like that's to, studying is to do with asking people and uh, and reading books and just just hard work knuckle down elbow grease study then there is trap it um, direct, uh, I'll put direct study, direct observation. Direct observation means trap it uh, or track it, follow it in some way, like have direct observation of it and learn about it in that way. Um, or what else have we got? Sneaky, sneaky stuff, which includes um, observing his minions uh, and, and finding his lair and like doing sneaky stuff about his, his, his lair. Obviously, sneaky stuff. Direct observation will hopefully be sneaky as well, but 
those are your, those are your options of how to learn. Those are the things that kept coming up, I think. Sneak up to where it is and start whispering like David. Here we see a fey lion creature. It seems to be very charming. I want to go and cuddle it. And if you notice its teeth are bad, it's likely to pounce at any moment. And here we go. I'm inside of its mouth. With 65%, we decide to use divination. We are going to use magic to try and divine answers about it. So what uh, what answers are we... What, how are we going to try and uh, divine answers? Are we going to try and speak with the spirits? Are we going to try and uh, use animal webcams? Are we going to create, like, uh, just ask the gods, like, for divine information about this creature? What's our... What's our... What's our intent with this divination? We're using we need to be using, we're going to be using our witch background for sure because divination. Speak with the spirits. We're a witch, damn it. The ghosts are aligned with it. Then they might know more. They might not want. It might not willingly be aligned with it. Animal webcams. Ask the gods. Bone dice. Crystal beetle. Tea leaves. Crystal ball. Rather. Send out the familiars as spies. All right, I think any, I think either way, thinking about it, it's going to be the same role. It's going to be a d10 for trying something, a d10 for being a witch, and a d10 for investigating. And this is your uh, 3d10 for uh, learning about uh, learning about this monster. You don't have mage armor anymore. So we're going to use a divination, and this is going to be the scene to try and learn the weakness of this beast. So, how is this going to work for me? Let me think. Okay, that's going to help with... Okay, yeah. And then how difficult is that going to be? What challenge rating? It's going to be a d10 plus... Difficult. It's definitely a difficult challenge... I don't think it's particularly. It's not. It's not super difficult. It's a, it's a middle level difficulty. So it's going to be two d10, two d10 dc. Uh, that's a twelve total. Seven and a five. And then your attempt it has to beat a twelve with three d10, uh, which is two sixes and a five. That is seventeen. Seventeen beats twelve. So you succeed at finding its third weakness. This time you think, okay, tracking it yesterday, that wasn't a good idea. I ended up getting hurt by, um, by spectres and things. <sighs> let's, let's try asking the gods and you get out your cauldron. <coughs> pull it across you. And then start, <coughs> set a fire beneath, you start pouring in water. <coughs> start putting in eye of newt and toe of frog. <coughs> Start doing your. Uh, this is just. This is just your cereal. Your cereal. You need. Uh, yeah. You, you need. You can't. Can't work on an empty stomach. Rosemary and sage and all that burning. You go around and do some chanting and protect the spirits of the 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 uh, divinatory scene. Boil, boil, toil and trouble. Yeah. All of that magic witch stuff. Don't forget pickles, yeah. <laughs> Put a lime in the coconut, shake it all up, yeah. At the end of it, you you feel these uh, this this 
zipping of from where you are to where the cave is. And your eyes are in that of a squirrel nearby. And it's and it looks uh, over the, the, the branch towards the cave. And now you're at a better angle than you were yesterday on your broomstick and you can see all the way into the cave. And you can see that inside this like this this glow that you assumed was that of the aura around the beast is actually just coming from the walls of the cave itself. You can see in this early morning light, you've managed to get all this done just as the, the sun is coming up. You can see that the, the cave is well illuminated and lit up by these like will-o'-wisps, these, these spirits um, that can uh, glow like lanterns. Uh, often called um, hinky punks as well. Hinky punks are will-o'-wisps, things that can often like guide somebody off of off track and like into marshes and swamps and stuff, uh, mislead you. They're undead creatures usually that um, that light up a cave. Uh, th sorry, that, that light up like lanterns. And this uh, this this beast has got these things all the way around the cave, just illuminating every corner of it. Your spirit. Uh, divination um, moves from that to that of the mind of one of the spirit ghosts as well and you learn from that a vision of uh, how they came to be it was mauled, uh, this this creature was mauled uh, on the Feywild plain by, by this creature uh, and died to its hand and as such was resurrected as a as a spectre in its in its uh, in its care um, and under its command. And as it's dying, you can see that it is um, it is bright out. It is twilight. Uh, it's late into twilight. Um, and so it's, there's decent light out still. You skip from that one into the, into the mind of another one of the spirits. And you can see it getting killed by this creature as well and raising as a dead. And it was also light when it was killed. Time and again... With your divination, it speeds up. It's You're flicking through the minds of all of these spirits as they've all been living people at one point that were killed by this creature, and all of them were killed during the daylight. And then... You're back out into... the general kind of divinatory space. The space of the gods, the knowledge gods, and the gods of information. You're just in this sort of... blank... open cloudy space I guess and you see this creature before you it is bright out in this cloudy space and it is proud and standing tall but then the clouds around you go from white to grey to black and it is dark now and you see this this creature cower back like a little scared pussycat and it starts to shake and shiver, and then you're back into your own uh, your own room, standing in front of this cauldron. Time has passed, and you've learned that it is scared of the dark, and that's its weakness, its last weakness. It is ravenous. It is weak to silver, and it is scared of the dark. Someone did call it ages ago, yes, <laughs> and now you've learned it. You have all three of its uh, its weaknesses, everybody, and it has two of yours. You also know where its lair is and who its minions are. What do you want to do? 
raid its lair. Tell the townsfolk. Cast a bright armor on ourselves. Might see us as friendly. Maybe. Go to the cave while it's hunting. Get rid of the will-o'-wisps and then wait until dark. Try and get him out before sundown and kill it. Get him out of his cave before sundown and then kill it in the dark. Don't think we can bait it out with the sedative meat at night time. Collapse the cave. Some good, some good thoughts, some good ideas. Let's tell the town first. It's the easiest thing to do. We quickly, as soon as we've learned that, grab our broomstick and out of the, out of the house, and then we turn around and back into the house and put the fire out under the cauldron. Almost left the the hob on. That was that would have been bad. And then you then you fly out to the town. Uh, you go tell the town. Um, it's afraid of the dark. It's afraid of the dark. You start screaming over the town. It's afraid of the dark. I've learned I've learned information about it. It's about bloody time you learned information about it. And they uh, they they start to draw your attention to the fact that the hunter of the town uh, was sick of waiting for you to deal with it and went out to deal to deal with it himself uh, this morning. And he hasn't been seen. It is only just morning light at this point. Some time did pass while you were doing your um, divinatory stuff. Uh, so there is chance that he is still out there. But there's also a chance, now that it's light, that one of the townsfolk has died because of how long it's taking you to find its weaknesses and kill it. Are the wisps easily removed? Um, they could be. They are spirits. So you deal with them in the same way that you deal with any spirits. If we do blindness instead of darkness, then we're still able to see it. That's a good point. You could also cast dark vision on yourself or something if you wanted. Can we cast darkness? We can, yeah, yeah. Like, not right now, because that wouldn't be used to anyone. But you can cast darkness. There's any any spell that you want to, you can cast it theoretically. It's the same as every other roll. You roll for it. I decide what the DC is, and we roll it. Drink the spirits. <laughs> Drop a huge thick blanket over the cave's entrance. Maybe it'll think it's perpetually night outside. Join the hunter, tell them about the weakness. Shoot the silver bolts. Lens that we're an interperson action, yeah. Prepare darkness. Uh, uh, prepare darkness spell instead of the wispies, which would be easier. I'll have dark vision. True, you do have dark vision. You're an elf. Yep. 60 foot of dark vision. Could be better. Track the hunter. Run through the darkness type spells in our mind on the way. We're going after the hunter? Nope, we tried our best. I'd hardly expect them to leave the entire thing to us anyway. <laughs> Is what it is. The mechanics of this game is that I wanted some kind of time constraint, and the longer you take, the more of the town starts to go missing. Did we learn how the creature controls the spirits? You did not, no. It's it's fey, it has charming abilities, it seems to be able to capture somebody's spirit if it kills them. Try and gather people to help hunt it, lay out a trap, sedate the bait if possible, cast darkness afterwards. Forget, forget the hunter, he's gone. Alright, bunch of people saying let's go to the hunter, let's go find him. Alright, so we are going to go and track the hunter. Tracking him, he is a hunter, he has not been specifically trying to avoid leaving traps, so it's going to be relatively easy. That is a DC 10, I rolled a 10 on the 10, so that is a DC 10. Uh, you have tracking as one of your uh, abilities, so that's going to be you. Uh, it's a, uh, an attempt plus a d10 for tracking. That's going to be a 9 and a 9. 18 beats 10 easily. You manage to find the hunter without stress. 
you go after him. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> you go after the hunter on your two quality broomstick. And um, you track him to where he was going. You definitely see that he was going in the same direction as the mountain. And as you start to get there, you see he was moving pretty fast. He was beelining for this thing. I think the hunter knew where it was. You are getting close now. If you want to find the hunter, you're going to get close enough that this, the spirits and spectres might find you. It's supposed to be a Christmas story. It is. It's two days before Christmas. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> what time is it? It is mid-morning. Uh, mid Let's go for it. Let's go. Can't keep waiting. Let's go. All right. Let's see if you can pass... Cast pass without a trace. All right, let's see if you can indeed. Uh, this is going to be a flying, but it's a relatively low spell. I'm going to make it an easy check. That's a seven DC. You have your thing and your uh, your your ability and your witch background, giving you a yep eleven. Eleven beats seven. You uh, succeed in casting a a disguisery sort of stealth-like spell over yourself. Rob, it's very cloudy. I think it is, right? Let's see. How cloudy is it? It is a 7 out of 10 cloudy. It is relatively cloudy. Uh, which means that this time of winter, is it snowing? Uh, it is. It's, it's, it's a very light snow that's coming down. Very light snow coming down over you at the moment of the uh, relatively cloudy sky. Uh, you are stealthed and flying through, your, um, through, the, through the forest trying to find this hunter. As you get closer, I'm going to have a watch check from you. This is going to be with the snow and the wind and the uh, forest. It's going to be a difficult thing. That's going to be a 17, 9 and an 8. 17, uh, you are not proficient in watching. Uh, you don't have any particular background that would help with this. So you can't you can't succeed. But let's see how badly you fail. 3, 3 out of 17, you definitely, succeed, you definitely fail. Uh, you're... Perception is kind of everywhere and you're you're a little on edge. You're going to gain a point of stress for that, for failing that watch check. Um, you're, you're starting to worry and you lose track of the um, the hunter's track for a little bit. You managed to find it again because you got such a good uh, tracking roll from before. You do manage to find it, but a couple of times you do lose it and it stresses you out. Uh, you're unable to hear and listen for the things that were around you that you could have heard. The spirits uh, occasionally come out of the forest and like pass by you, not seeing you because of your uh, magic pass without a trace. But then eventually you see tracks again, the hunter's tracks. You get back on track finding them and you see that he stops in a clearing at the foot of the mountain, not, not far from the cave at all. And there are other humanoid footprints meeting with his. They definitely, he definitely met with another humanoid and then stopped and, and talked for a bit. And you can see them kind of shuffling, uneasy. You can see the hunter's footprints are a little uneasier than the others. And then he turned and left. And the other footprints turned and walked back up the mountain towards the, um, towards the cave. You are at the foot of the mountain. The cave is right there. The spirits are around you in the forest. You are deep in the lair of this creature. You are close to its, um, its, its well-illuminated cave of will-o'-wisps. You have a stealth spell on for a little while. You don't know where the hunter's gone, but the hunter has left um, uh, left the area and not, and not gone towards the cave. What is your intention now? 
Put the sedatives in the meat just outside the cave, cast darkness, and then shoot silver bolts at it. Is that the plan, everybody? High tech's got that plan. Is everybody good with that plan? Any for any objections to doing exactly that? In a uh, an overwhelming yes, that's the plan we're going to go with. We are going to put the sedatives that we have onto the meat, rubbing in like a like a um, like a meat grind, uh, a man grind, <laughs> on fishlish. Uh, rub the sedatives that we have onto the meat. And then we are going to put it, uh, we'll we'll do like a cantrip, like a mage hand. Let's just make it a super easy one. Yep, uh, so the DC was a three and your witch stuff is gonna be a, yeah, a five. You uh, you mage hand this, this sedative meat up to the mouth of the cave. The cave is still uh, illuminated by will-o'-wisps, but if you cast darkness, uh, you may be able to um, overcome that. You are ready on the edge, on, uh, hanging on the edge of your um, your broomstick. You can land if you want. Uh, you have your crossbow. You have silvered bolts in your crossbow. Are we just waiting? Are we are we like preparing darkness? This is a bad idea. We have no anti charm, no darkness, and no allies. I mean, you can cast darkness if you succeed on your attempt. Wait, darkness, kill it. Keep darkness for later. All right, thumbs up or thumbs down to casting darkness when we see the monster arrive for the meat. Like, wait for it to eat the meat, and then phew, darkness. Thumbs up to casting darkness once the once the monster has eaten the meat. Thumbs down to holding off on darkness for now. Mm, it's looking like a yes, we're going to cast darkness. Most, more people are wanting to cast darkness than not. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to ca wait and cast darkness. All right. So how difficult it is from here to cast darkness. Not very difficult at all. It's a relatively low level spell. You can target a point, which is the meat. Um, I'm going to put it at a... I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah, no, I'm just going to do it. Uh, D D10. D10. Difficulty three again. So many times for the single, when I'm rolling a single difficulty, it comes up a three. All right, so you are preparing darkness uh, with a three. You have your witch, you have a thing, that's it. So with 2d10, you need to beat a three. You've got a six and a six, 12, easily. You can easily cast darkness, and it's going to be a decent quality darkness too. Um, so you're, you're holding off on your broomstick, and you're preparing darkness. You still have the pass without a trace, but when you cast the darkness, I'm going to say that your other spell will drop, just to keep things relatively balanced. You're waiting, you're waiting. I'm going to see if the thing comes out to eat the meat. So, this is going to be a difficulty of one because it's ravenous. And uh, because it's you're now in the fighting the beast mode, instead of d10s, the beast uses d20s. However, you're using the weakness of it being ravenously hungry. So it downgrades from a d20 to a d12. So set the DC of him coming out to eat this meat. This is going to be a D12. It's relatively easy. You've put it right next to his cave. And because of what he wants, which you haven't worked out, but what the beast wants, um, because of that, I'm going to leave it as an easy mode, uh, an easy DC. So it's going to be a D12 and the DC is a 6. So for the creature to come out and eat the thing, it's going to be a DC of 6. Uh, so this is a D10 for you. You're going to get the plus four of the meat because it's good quality meat. 
Um, and I think that's it. None of your other backgrounds or anything makes sense. So yeah, just D10 plus four from the quality of the meat. Seven. Seven plus four is an 11. You definitely succeed and the, the, uh, the you succeed in getting the, the attention of this beast that comes prowling to the edge of the cave and looks out, sees the meat, goes down into a prowling sense. And it starts to eat. What is the DC that this sedative is going to put this thing to sleep? Uh, again, you have used its weakness of it being ravenously hungry because you put the sedatives into meat, which is using its weakness. So it downgrades from a 20 to a 12. Um, it is pretty large, so it could be 2d12. I'll be kind. It's just going to be 1d12. The DC is going to be 3. <laughs> so many 3s. Today's, today's Christmas special brought to you by the number 3. Three. Uh, uh, uh. You're going to roll uh, with the sedatives added now. Uh, there's no... Craft doesn't come into play here. Heal doesn't come into play. Your background. Lily's midwife. I mean, that's how you got the sedatives in the first place, so it'd be weird to add that twice. I think it's just a straight D10. Straight, straight D10 plus four, and you need to beat a three. But I'm still going to roll it because uh, if you... It, smash it out of the pack, then that'll tell me how, sed how sedated he is going to be. Uh, five. Five plus four is a nine. Nine beats three by six, so he's, he's pretty sedated. As the uh, as the, the monster nom, 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 eats the meat, immediately it is on the ground and uh, unconscious for a few rounds probably it is slowed and sedated and it's going to be out of it for a little while you had you'd um uh, held off on your darkness at this point out goes the darkness spell it surrounds the beast and you're going to attack okay you cast the darkness spell uh it is you are now attacking it what is the DC of you being able to shoot it? It is not a moving target, so it doesn't get to use that weakness against you. Uh, you are relying, you're not relying on the magic to, uh, to keep it occupied because it's unconscious. Uh, so you aren't using either of your weaknesses, reliant on magic or bad at moving targets. Uh, so it does not get to downgrade your, your dice, but you are using, uh, you are using, you're not using ravenous, you are using silver, so it gets to downgrade that, and then uh, you've put it in darkness so that if it wakes up from the first bolt, you're using that as well. So it downgrades from a D12, to, uh, D10, ugh, D20 to a D12, down from a D12 to a D10. So the chances of you hitting it, I'm going to say this is a 2D, uh, 2D10 situation because you're attacking something in darkness. Uh, you do have you do have dark vision, but um, not from this range away from the thing. If you want to get close to this thing now, if you're run if you're flying up to it on your broomstick and getting close, then you can do so, and uh, and it will be slightly easier to hit it. But then you're putting yourself in melee range if it wakes up. So what's the what's your thinking? You do have proficiency in shooting, which will come into it. Blind it, blind it magically. All right. I'm gonna try and blind it. We're trying to shoot it one way or another. Point blanket right between the eyes. 
All right. Uh, thumbs up for people who want to go up the mountain towards it and get closer, making it easier to hit, but putting yourself in a more dangerous position. Thumbs down if you want to stay down the mountain and shoot it from range. It's going to be slightly harder shot, but um, you're safer. Thumbs up to go to up, up towards it. Thumbs down to, to stay down here. You do have strike, so you could strike it up up close and personal, but then you're not getting your silvered bolts. So. Hmm, this is a tough one to call. It's, uh, it's kind of down the middle. I might have to put this to a pole. 50-50. Exactly 50-50 down the middle. And people say that a single vote doesn't count. Alright, it comes down to a roll. Um, uh, odds and evens. Odds we're going to go up the mountain towards it. Evens we're going to stay here. That is an odd. Odd we're going to go up to the mountain towards it. So we we, we, uh, we cast the darkness. We saw it go unconscious just as we put darkness on it. And then we think, if I shoot it from here, I'm shooting into, into a big orb of darkness. And I'm trying to hit a prone creature from down a mountain. It's going to be a very difficult shot. So you you take your broomstick and you fly. You hover your five foot off the ground, flying up towards it. You fly into your orb of darkness, which means that now you can see with your dark vision. When you were looking at it from outside, it just looked like a big black orb. But now that you're in the darkness, you can see with your dark vision to it. Uh, you are within range of it. But you can put your uh, crossbow down, hanging it off of the edge of your broomstick and take a shot making this a slightly easier shot. Uh, downgrading this to a single D10 to hit. So the DC to hit it is going to be a seven. Seven total. You have one of these. You've got a shot uh, shootables uh, D10. You've also got a crossbow and silver bolts, which is going to be another six. So that is going to be two D10 plus six, and you've got a B to seven. Uh, that was a, uh, what did I say, 2D sample 6, right? So that is going to be an 18. 18 beats 7 by uh, 11 points. So you take, uh, I'm going to take uh, 11, I'm going to go 3 injuries for it. So it's got 3 injuries. It gets to roll against its indoor, just same as you do when you take injuries. And you have to get it to, uh, to fail, essentially. As a beast, it has 3D20s, not... Uh, d10s and it has an indoor uh, so the, the DC, this is the DC that it has to hit when it's three injuries actually no the DC is mid with tens and then it's endurance check is d20s so it's endurance check is oh that's not good for it uh, that is a 16 16 DC 16 DC on three uh, on uh, it's got indoor so it's got two uh, d20s needs to get a 16 total a 9 and a 9 is an 18. Whoo, it succeeds, just. So you do not manage to put this thing down. And a silver bolt shoots through its neck. It starts to wake up. It's still sedated. It's now awake, but sedated. <laughs> All right. Um, where are we? So you are now in its range. It is going to try and attack you back. So uh, let's have a little look. Um, you're going to try and dodge out of the way of it or something. So strike, endure, endure its attacks. I think endure its attacks makes sense. It is going to attack you. It is getting to its feet and it is going to try and use, utilize your uh, weakness of being unable to uh, hit a moving target. And it is going to now try and like 
begins to move around you. You see those insectoid legs come out and start to move a lot faster. Uh, its horse legs are kicking as well. You can see its front legs are kind of going under. Its back back end is kind of like getting, getting faster than its front end, so it's not moving very gracefully, but it is moving around in darkness. It is definitely uh, frightened. It's in the darkness. Uh, it's going to try and attack you from here. So how's this going to be? It's going to be a DC of... Um, whew, what am I doing here? So the DC... I'm forcing you to roll this. To, so it's more, it's more like your ability to dodge its attacks. So to set the DC, it would be a D20, but it's in darkness, so it's a D12. And then um, anything else? Ravenous or silver. You're not using ravenous or silver in this dodge. So it's just the scared of the dark. So it's going to be a D12 to set the DC. It's relatively easy to dodge it because it's in darkness. So the DC, a 1. A 1 on the D12. All right. I feel like you might succeed, even even with his downgrading your d10s to d8s because of your uh, inability to to um, hit things that are moving. He's stumbling around you. Uh, you're trying to dodge. You don't have any dodge skills, so it's just a d8. A d8 is an eight. So you've got an eight against his one. You succeed at avoiding all stress and injury from this beast as it's scratching out at you and reaching up to your broomstick and all the rest of it. Uh, I believe it's back to you. This thing is is uh, relatively injured. With the the fun thing about this is because of the indoor system and the the movable DCs, I don't know how injured it is. It could could be a single shot away. It could be four more shots away. We're shooting it again. Do not spare it. That's <laughs> done a lot of bad things. It's destroying the ecosystem. Brutally killed and enslaved people in the Feywild. It will hurt the village. Strike it. Strike with two bolts to the eyes. That could be pretty fun. High tech. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, you grab out two silver bolts. You're close enough now. You hop off of your broomstick and you try and... Two silver bolts in the eyes using your strike ability. So you're still using the silver bolts and you're using your strike just for flavor. Uh, for flavor. Tell me what's the flavor. Um, this is going to be... I set the DC using D20s. But because it's in dark in darkness, it's D D12s. Because you're using silver, it's D10s. You're not using ravenous in this moment, so I'm setting the DC using D10s. How difficult it is it is it to hit it? It's sedated, so it's not moving very um, not moving very fast, but it's also not moving very predictably. So I'm going to set it at 2D10. 2D10 difficulty. That is a 6 and a 10, so a 16 difficulty here. 16 difficulty to get these uh, crossbow bolts into its eyes. It is moving using your weakness, so instead of d10s, you're going to be rolling d8s. Uh, so you have one just for attempting a thing, one because you've got the strike ability. Um, nothing else plays into this, but you do have silver bolts, so it's plus 2. 2d8 2 plus 2, and you need to beat a 16. Oh, and sedated, thank you. So, four from that. Oh, boys. So, silver bolts plus sedatives is six. So you've got a plus six. You've got 2d8 plus six, and you need to beat a 16. Uh, you've got a seven and a two, taking it to a nine. Plus six is 15. 
15 is just one less than 16. Unfortunately, you go to hit it. Um, you you hit it, strike it with uh, with um, one of the, the silver bolts. You cut down the side of its face and it hurts it. Uh, not enough to cause it an injury, but it does manage to push forwards and bites onto you and you get one injury. All right, so you have one injury. Do you have any other stresses today? I don't recall you having any other stresses today. No stresses, no injuries, so you've just got the one. So one injury or stress. Uh, so your endurance ability is another three. No shit. Uh, so 3dc, uh, you need to roll against your endurance. You're rolling d10s again. D10s against endurance. That's a five. You don't have anything for endurance, but um, that's that. Five succeeds, you push on. You push on past your endurance. Okay. It is now the beast's turn. Let's see how well you can dodge out of its way again. You're up close and personal now. You've just tried to stab it in the eyes, which would have been good. It would have given him two injuries if you'd have succeeded. Uh, you, you tried, it didn't work. Um, now he's up, up against you and your grill able to bite you, so it's going to be relatively high DC. I'm setting the DCs using D20s, but it's in the darkness, so D12s. Um, yeah, dodging out of the way with silver doesn't make sense, really. I suppose, no, you've got bolts in your hand, so you, you can try and, like, uh, you can try and hit him with the silver, so I'll allow that to downgrade from D12s to D10s. Are you using yourself as bait to be like, ooh, look how tasty I am. Ooh, go over here. Ooh, look at, look at my rump. Ooh, it's real tasty. Ha <laughs> ha! Try and lure him into going for specific parts of you so that you can hit him. <laughs> um, uh, I don't think so. So we're going with D10s to set the difficulty. D10s to set the difficulty. It's going to be... You are right up against him, so it's going to be pretty difficult to avoid him. I'm going with three D10s, I'm afraid. 3d10s. Thankfully, that was a 1, a 2, and an 8, so 11dc. 11dc to avoid his damage. He's not moving target anymore because he's right up against you, and he's not worried. You're not reliant on magic, so he's not using that weakness either, so you're still using d10s as well. You have, uh, you have 1d10 to get out of the way. Ugh, you don't have a dodge ability, do you? Um, strike. Trying to strike him to get him out of the way. I'll allow it. Um, the darkness was accounted for because that's why it was. That's why I was setting the DC using D10s. I think that's it. Two D10. You need an eleven or more. That is a seven and a five. That's a twelve. You managed to avoid it. Uh, so you take no further stresses, no further damage. Back to you. What are you doing now? You're up against him. You've got two crossbows in your uh, two uh, silvered bolts in your hands. Are we trying to stab him again? Are we trying to use magic now? <sighs> Try and put him back to sleep. What's the plan here? Trying to shoot it with a crossbow. We got pretty close last time, and we'll give it two injuries if we strike it. Stab him! Stab him! Try it again! Try it again! All right. Try it again. Try and stab him. If we can strike him, uh, we're not adding our crossbow to the uh, to the roll, but it, but we are um, getting two injuries instead of one if we succeed. So to set the DC of hitting him, normally D12, uh, D20s. You're fighting in darkness, so it's downgraded to D12s. You're using silver, so it's downgraded to D10s. Um, you're not using ravenous to hit him at all, so D10s. All right. Easy to hit him because you're right next to him. 
You're not trying to blind him this time, you're just trying to hit him. You're just trying to cause him any, any damage. Or are we going for the eyes again? To hit him at all is just going to be a d10. If you're going for the eyes, it's going to be 2d10. Hit him at all, hit him at all, go for the eyes. Ooh, it's going to need a... We're going to, we're going to need a pull here. Cold shot, question mark. No, or yes, go for the eyes. Going for the eyes makes it a more difficult DC, but if you succeed on the more difficult DC, obviously the thing's blinded. How long does the darkness last? Um, you succeeded your endurance check, so you you succeeded your concentration, I'm going to say. Plus one stress from losing the hunter earlier today. Oh, we did? Yes, thank you. So we do have a stress and an injury. We've got two, two endurance, thank you. Silver Strike. Can we get a bonus because my screen name is still Silver Strike? You you absolutely can. You get a plus one bonus for Silver Strike. Uh, with 60% 60, 60 of the vote, we decide, yes, we're going to go for the eyes. So the DC is going to be 2d10. Oh, I've got a 10 and a 1. So that is an 11 DC. Uh, where was I? 11 DC. So you are using Strike. You are using a regular attack. So two two dice for that. Um, you are, he is sedated, so you're getting a plus four, you get, he's using silver bolts, so you're getting a plus two from that, so you've got a plus six. You have a plus six, so it's 2d10 plus six and you need an 11. But you got silver strike in the chat, who is literally what we're doing, striking with silver, so we've got a plus one as well. So we've got a plus 11, uh, plus seven, sorry. Plus seven, 2d10 plus seven, and we got to beat an 11. I think we're good. Two fours, so that's an eight plus seven is uh, fifteen. Fifteen beats eleven. You manage to you manage to get the both of those daggers one after the other into its eyes, causing it two more points of injury and blinding it. It now has uh, three injuries plus two. Uh, you got fifteen over eleven, right? Fifteen over eleven. That's still just 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 one injury. I'm gonna say. Uh, so it's now got five. 5 Endurance, so it now needs to roll 5d10 to see what it needs, see what the DC is of staying alive. Holy moly, that was two nines, three nines, good god, three nines and two sixes. I thought they were all nines for a second because the two sixes had rolled upside down. So that's, that's uh, three nines and two sixes is 27 and 12, 39. 39 is the DC that it needs to beat to stay alive. It's got endurance, so it's got two 20s that it's... So it is th theoretically still possible. It has to roll its endurance, which it rolls D20s. So it's a D20 plus his endurance 20. So I need a 19 and a 20 or two 20s. So there are three in 400 chance. There is a 3 in 400 chance that this thing stays alive right now. <laughs> ah, 15 and a 5. Alright, so. As this magical fey beast is about to charm you, it's all sedated, which, uh, which is definitely helping the fight. You're fighting in darkness, you're using all of its weaknesses against it. The, the uh, arrows go into its eyes and you suddenly feel all of the spirits just fade away as if their their connection to it has been uh, severed and you see this thing thrashing it's almost like trying to grab a boar by the tusks and like holding on for dear life 
you're thrashing around. You've got the arrows like dug down right into the occipital bones, and, and eventually, boom, 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 it goes down to the side, hard, and through all of the being shaken around and the the fighting, you've definitely lost your concentration on the darkness. So as it goes down, it hits the ground. You hear, oh no. It was just trying to hibernate. Did you really have to do that? And you look up. And you see... A woman that you haven't seen in years. A woman that you thought you'd lost forever. Your sister. Not Lily. Sandra. Sandra was lost on that druidic trip to learn from the druids about nature magic. She fell into the ravine and you thought she'd gone forever. But apparently she had a raised by wolf sort of backstory. Became a druid and became attached to creatures of all kinds, monsters and fey creatures and beasts alike. And she walks forwards and strokes the pelt of this fey beast. And a tear falls down her eye. And she says, Happy Aldroy's Day, I guess. And that's where we're going to leave it for today. <laughs> what a perfect happy Christmas story to, to, to end it on. Thank you for joining me, everybody. I'll see you next time. Have a happy Christmas, happy holiday, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy Yule, happy any time, anything that you're doing this year. Just have a happy time. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode of Twitch Tales, but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision-making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do, and it notifies you when I go live, so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.